Welcome to the Psychedelicate Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Joseph. My dad always used to say growing up, quoting the Bible, of course, though it costs you all you have, get understanding. A beautiful axiom that my first line definitely resonates with. However, through my own journey, my own explorations, my own experimentations with life, all the third line things, I have developed my own version of this axiom. Though it costs you all you have, embody your realizations. You see, human beings, we're an energetic system. And from what I have experienced in my own life and through witnessing so many clients over the years, what I have learned is nothing hurts more in our energetic body, in the energetic system that we are, than not actioning what we have realized, not embodying it, not speaking the truth that we ourselves have come to. My guest today, Shiana Lejean, is such a beautiful person, first of all, but also archetype of this very experience. When I first met Shiana, she was running an incredibly successful pottery brand and business. Now, the cool thing about Shiana is that she manifested this brand, this business through a magical act. And we touch on that briefly in her story. So be sure to listen for that part. It's a major key. But the cool thing is, is that she's always known like that was not her purpose. She's always known that there was something bigger waiting for her. And the story that we are going to be exploring in this conversation together is how she came to a place in which she could recognize what she was really here for. And when she realized what she was really here for, which was to express her realizations, to embody them, and then to share them with the world, she was willing to let go of everything that she had gained so far, everything that she had built, her entire business, she was willing to put on the line. And this is not the, the happiest story of like, oh, you, you express what's true for you. You express what you've learned and everything goes perfectly. No, it had cost her all she had to embody this realization that her truth, living it full out, living it out loud and expressing it, opening up her fucking throat chakra and letting what she had discovered in her life be known, this was something that did cost her. Now, what she has gained since then is freedom, energy, health, well-being, and one of the most valuable things that I believe a feminine being can hold in her body, and that is clarity in her choosing. Her journey begins where so many people, so many humans, and especially so many women today find themselves 
feeling unfulfilled, feeling unhealthy, and actually having an autoimmune disease, an autoimmune diagnosis, endometriosis. Her journey begins in experiencing really deeply troubling, harrowing, terrifying health issues. And as she goes to the medical industry to explore what's going on, uh, what is wrong and how she might fix it, what she is met with is authority figures constantly telling her that what she's feeling isn't real or she is, you know, blowing things out of proportion. Essentially, at every turn, she's being told by authority figures in the medical industry that she cannot trust her body, that she is inherently broken, and that the only solution is to continue to come to them for medications and surgeries because this incurable disease will just keep plaguing her for the rest of her days. A pretty devastating thing to hear from someone that we, we deem having the knowledge. So her journey is such a beautiful example and archetype of the hero's journey, of how we struggle to come to our own personal bodily sovereignty, where we trust ourselves fully and we never give up on our pursuit for what our truth is. The truth that Shiana came to was that she was not broken, that she didn't have an incurable disease. She simply was not informed of the nutrients that her body required for her to feel happy, healthy, and free. My role in this story was really simple. I simply suggested to my sister when hearing about the health issues that she was dealing with, I suggested to her the path that I was on and am still on to this day. And that is the path of ancestral eating. This is returning to our roots and our origins, returning to the truly nourishing foods that have been placed on this planet for us to be our best and brightest selves. If you've not heard of ancestral eating, I highly suggest you do your own research and look into what this could mean or look like for you. Because again, we are not here to stand as the only way to heal or as authority figures either. We are two women who humbly and yet very clearly are sharing our experiences and our realizations. And my experience has led me to recognize that when a body is depleted of the nutrients, the minerals and vitamins that it requires to operate optimally, things begin to shut down. Organs leach what they need from other organs. And since we are an energetic system that is all connected When something doesn't have what it requires, a cascade effect occurs. And over time, we accumulate deeper and deeper disease. 
what I'm speaking to is not just a physical thing. This is also occurring on a metaphysical level. It is also occurring in the energetic world. So as our body does not feel as if it is getting everything that it requires and parts of us begin to shut down on the physical level, they also shut down energetically. And so as we get deeper and deeper into this story, as we cross the threshold of her finally feeling healthy, free, and clear through eating in this new way, which is really the old ways, the original ways, what she starts to experience is an opening of her energy centers, an opening specifically of her throat chakra, her willingness to speak her truth, even though it costs her so much in her life, it comes online and it becomes stronger than ever. And each time she expresses herself, while it does hurt to lose what she has lost and to experience the backlash and the judgment and the shaming that she has gone through, she only gets stronger and clearer in her truth and in her willingness to express it. Now this bitch is like traveling across the country in an RV with her life mate and experiencing what she has been yearning for her entire life. And this really is a beautiful place to wrap it up and get into the actual story. Ultimately, what I have learned in my own body and what I have witnessed in others like Shiana is that our first step is to do whatever we can to support the physical health of our vehicle of our our beautiful bodies, to become intimate, to reclaim our bodily sovereignty, to reclaim the knowing that we have the ability to feel and sense what is true for us. And by feeling it, by facing those feelings, we will be guided to exactly where we are meant to be. So without further ado, I'm so happy to introduce to you my friend, my sister, my love, Shiana Lajean. How are you? I am. It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. Like, first of all, just a little bit of story that doesn't have anything to do with our podcast yeah we you know we bought this rv and we checked it out as best as we could and we were thinking it was good and we knew that we would have trouble along the way regardless because that's just kind of what you expect when you do this kind of thing yeah it's the territory Um, and it basically like we left new york to go to kentucky and it broke down like the entire way there yeah (laughs) Just, just like every like 30 minutes we would have to stop and put gas in it and pull off on the side of the highway and like all this crazy shit um because we basically found out that the fuel pump is bad Mm. different little shit here and there where we have to like fix little things to get it going again so that's where i'm at right now and we're parked outside of my partner's parents house i think he just fixed it today like he was working night shifts right now yeah Uh, 
to make some money yeah. before we like take off, take off. And so he kind of spent some time on it right before he left and we put it together and I think that it might be fixed now. Oh, sick. Yeah. So it'd be nice if it was. And yeah, there's also just the fact that I'm in Kentucky in general, which is like where yeah. so much of my baggage is, like yeah. so much ridiculous baggage. <laughs> Yeah, I saw your stories about coming back to Kentucky, and I was like, oh, she's going to recover some horcruxes. Cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was just like, fuck, no. Like, this is the absolute last thing that I wanted. Like, I said it out loud. I was like, I don't ever want to go back to Kentucky. I don't ever want He's working at the place we used to work at. And I was like, I don't ever want you working there again. Like, it's just all this stuff that I didn't want was bundled in this really neat package. And it was given to me. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I like, I started crying. Like as soon as we got into the border. Yeah. I just felt it. I like, I felt all of the emotion that I've been like running from this whole time, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think this is the way like our subconscious like loves us so perfectly. It's like, okay, at that time you weren't really ready to deal. That's fine. I'm going to hold on to that for you later. And then (laughs) however it happens, we almost never plan it, but we come back to these places and there's these, like you said, perfectly gift wrapped opportunities to face it all and feel it all in your new body. Yeah. As someone who can actually like hold it, feel it for real and be like, okay, these were the things that I didn't want about this place. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm, I'm already like re-examining things and being like, okay, well maybe I over exaggerated about this situation and maybe I make up a story about that one. And, mm. you know, there's a lot of stories oh, um, revolved around this place for me. Yeah. <sighs> stories that were never real and they're just, they replay in my mind and then they create other scenarios yeah. based on that one, you know. Yeah. That's the deal. <laughs> I 100% know this story you know the one where it's like it's the infinite fractaling out of like a misunderstanding or mm-hmm. right like yes we we didn't have the tools to fully see what was going on so we misunderstand the situation and then all of our stories are born out of that and then because that becomes like a core memory for us then we build stories off of that world, yes. that universe. And so this, this experience, I think when we're like brought back to these places, we never wanted to return to these scenarios. We never wanted to have happen again. Like this is, this is like for me in 2020, going back to Texas, moving in with my parents. I was, I like, remember that. This is, I was like, this is the last thing I would ever want to do. This is the last thing I would have ever wanted to be necessary And what I realized, it was just like the God in me in its perfect wisdom and love for me was like, there's stuff you have to do here that is the untangling that's required for you to actually take the big leap that's ready for you next. I completely 100% feel that, but it doesn't mean I'm not salty about it. That's fucking fine. (laughs) I'm just saying. That is for me, like one of the most 
I guess, calming and peaceful realizations that I've had in a long time. It's like, on our way to like embody the vision that we see for our life, like so many people will teach you like in manifestation work or just in the laws of the universe. It's like, you have to maintain like a certain vibration to be an energetic match for that thing you want. You've heard this, right? Right. Yeah. But this makes people feel guilty or like, like there's a catastrophe that's happening when our energy starts wobbling and we're mad about what's happening and we're fucking pissed and we're like, nah, bitch, you crossed my boundaries or whatever the thing is, you know, like we feel like, oh, because I felt that way, like I wobbled and then therefore my vision is somehow like, I don't know, in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've finally gotten to the place in my life where I realized, nah, bitch, like the vision is big enough to hold your fucking wobble. Like, please do not act as if like having a salty day or being resistant <laughs> to the lesson that's on your plate today, like that that's going to disqualify you from really right. embodying that life that you truly desire. It's like this, these kinds of situations are like the universe saying like, dude, you are ready. Just here's some unresolved shit that we've got to like integrate so that you have all the tools you need for this next big leap. Exactly. Right. (laughs) And I can't tell you how many times I've done the whole thing where I just like, I'm feeling upset about it. I get really salty and then I start beating myself up for like not being better about it and not being like the spiritual way about it. And I'm like, I should be like, I should be like, I don't know, digesting and converting this pretty easily right now. Like, why am I um, resisting? You yeah. know, why am I yeah. doing all, you know, all the words? Yes. Why am I doing all of these things? Yes. And then you kind of spiral out and it just becomes, you get stuck in like a cycle instead of focusing on what is, you know? Exactly. I think that that is one of the ways like a lot of people would label this self-sabotage. But really, it's just a protective mechanism because part of your ego is like terrified of who you become when this is no longer this critical. Yes, exactly that. Not once it's no longer stuck, once you no longer have this story about it, because I guess the ego, like it just, it wants to be right more than it wants to be at peace, more than it wants success, more than it wants to live the way that it wants. It wants to know that it is right about what it assumes. And when the ego is challenged in that, it naturally tries to protect your story. So this experience is coming in. Ego is like, no, No, because I know if I let this new experience in, that's going to rewrite all my stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then who am I? (laughs) Yeah. Who am I without those stories? Like, it's a good question. Ultimately, I've continuously learned that actually, ego, you don't have anything to fear. We get to be somebody bigger, cooler, more expansive, and more capable every time I allow myself to let go of that version of myself I think I know. Exactly. Hmm. So yeah, this will be it'll be a fun trip. Yo, hopefully not be here the whole month, but I might be. Yeah, you know what? Low and slow. You the low and slow adventures, like 
They have the most staying power from my experience. You know, a lot of times we, we just want to race around and get to these places that we want to be when really like the process of getting there is showing us so much. Right. I, I definitely had, you know, a vision in mind of how things were going to be when we got here. And I knew it wasn't going to be like that anyways, because I already, I know better <laughs> on that part. Like, yeah, I'll let go of whatever it's going to be. But then we get here and it's like, like I said, like, it's like everything that I never wanted in the package. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh-huh. This is how I get to start. And I didn't see, I didn't see it being like this. No, <laughs> not at all. Yes, girl. So I'm here. We'll see what happens. We'll see what's here for me. Like I said, I already spent the first few minutes crossing the border and crying just because I was, I was feeling it. I was feeling the stories like immediately. Yeah. Because once I, you know, it's been years since I've been there. So I've lived in New York and I don't know, I guess I've been present enough lately here to see like, I just know, I just know when I'm doing stories and when I'm not, you know what I mean? Yes. I just, I can recognize it now. Yeah. So as soon as I hit Kentucky, it's like, all the stories just poured into me yeah. and I was like oh my god all of these are stories all of these are stories like I'm having this immediate realization yeah. as soon as I get there dude that I never stopped to think about before it's, <laughs> it's really weird it's it's just like I guess I feel the magic essence of the universe in these moments right like how is it that right when we cross the border we feel it you know yeah. like Right when we know we're in the territory of the place where that thing happened, that series of things or whatever, it's just like the body remembers so deeply, so viscerally, and it triggers off all of those things that were touched by the experience and therefore like contributed to our story. And yeah, if there's any anything that I can offer to you in this moment, it's like, Deep dive time, like go explore to the very root of the thing, because I have found when I take a shift in the root of the issue, whether it's the root of the feeling or the root of my misunderstanding, whatever it is, if I shift the root, I don't have to do all the work of those tendrils that spiraled out infinitum from my first fractal out. It's like I've changed timelines at the root. So all the energy, it might. All that stuff disappears. Yes. It literally just like unravels magically. I almost feel like that's how it hit me. Like I stepped in and see, I wasn't, I wasn't asking to feel this, obviously. We were just driving. Yeah. My body, my body knew. So like we got it. My body felt something like. It's like I, you know, the story of Kentucky for me is pain and like I'm hurt. But as soon as we drove in there, I didn't feel the pain. Like I didn't feel the hurt. So that's where the story, the story like fell right there. Mm. Across, there was no pain. So I was like, oh, body's fine here. You know, <laughs> so that's, that's where it fell. And I started oh, yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> that is so powerful. It's like, it's very much 
the best illustration I think I've heard ever of like where we're convinced about our past body experience. That's from the story. And then we're living in the reality that like, actually none of that's totally true anymore. That's now body shit, girl. <laughs> yeah, it was, it fucked me up. I was just like, what's, what is this? Oh shit. <laughs> and I even think like right now, like as I'm articulating it to you, like I'm understanding really what happened. Yeah. It's, you sound so clear and I can feel like that deep resonance in you as you're speaking about it. Like there's no charge here anymore. There actually isn't. No, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> like I'm seeing it and I'm trying, I'm like seeing it new, but like my old eyes are still just like, what are we looking at? Mm. What? So yeah, like I said, it's going to be, it's going to be a journey for me and I'm definitely mm. going to try and, go with what you said and go all the way down and get to the root of things and because I'm sure there's more than what I just felt in that moment yeah otherwise there'd be no reason for me to be here for this long that's a really deep insight I just got chills all up and down my legs <laughs> so yeah, I think like we would have just came and went you know I could just drove through so yeah yeah if you if there was just like a threshold crossing that you needed to experience where you called back all in that energy you guys probably would have been able to pass through just fine, but there's obviously some mermaiding you're being asked to do here. Uh, and I don't really want to do it. And I've been kicking and screaming um, kind of all week, but I'm, I'm starting to mellow out. Yeah, it's fair, you know, and I really am just wanting to say, allow yourself to be like, deeply in respect of the whole process, like even your body's unwillingness to do it right now. Because all I know is that when I am actually in the spirit of unwillingness and that part of my brain, that's like, Oh yeah, I know I should do the thing. So let's do the thing. I've got space. I've got time. It makes sense. Do the thing. Anytime I do that in the spirit of unwillingness, like, yeah, I might learn something from the crashing and the burning, but I crash and I burn, you know, and it's like, I don't get to that place that really could teach me, you know, I get all distracted, all wrapped up in other stuff. And, um, I get all tight in my body and I've really just learned like, you know what body's going to do exactly what she wants to do in her timing. And that also means the stuff I have to be self-reflective for, you know, cause we're asking, we're asking a lot of ourselves to like sit still, be present, go deeper into these things that I've held as one story for so long. Like it's a, it's a thing, you know? So I just, again, just want to mirror and reflect like the kicking and screaming. That's all part of it. And like, there will be a moment, there will be a moment when you're like, okay, like it's actually true to go deep in on this. And I just want to amplify that point. There's always a moment when it's true to do the thing, you know, like whether, yeah. whether it is to like say your truth or like end a connection or shift your boundaries or whatever. Like a lot of people think like, oh, you know, I know what I need to do but I don't want to do it. Oh, I'm a coward. Or like, why can't I just do it again? Like, it's just another protective way to keep us 
from just having some peace so that we can actually feel when it's true to resistance. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. You're resisting your own resistance. (laughs) (laughs) That part. And that's just like, you know, how resistance works. It's a sneaky, crafty little bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Uses literally everything that you know to keep pushing the thing away. I've, I'm kind of notorious for the resisting the resistance and hey. like, I could be better than this. And then I beat myself up in a spiral for a while. Yep. Hi. But again, like have the tantrum. That <laughs> have, it. have it. Have it. Let yourself have all of it. You know, I was writing something today because like one of the things that I've come to terms with over the past couple of weeks, especially it's been a long a long drawn out lesson, let's just say, but it's really sunk in now, but it's like, you know, being a mentor and having people be mentored by you is like this really sticky thing. Cause ultimately a mentor is not here to like say, Hey, you're doing a good job or Hey, yeah, this is great. Like, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. You're on the right path. Like I trust you. No, like a mentor is here to show you the thing you're still not willing to see. And no matter what, like your subconscious selects that person and selects the shape they have to take to show you that thing. And it's like, no matter what life situations that we're in, it's like our, this is our subconscious co-conspiring with the divine love of the universe to show us exactly what we need to see. And ultimately the resistance part is all that it boils down to is avoiding it. We have to take this step anyway to walk into the life that's actually waiting for us. And all of us are just busy. Like, no, I'm going to wait on that life that I've always wanted. I'm going to wait on the life that's in my deepest heart desire because like, I have to do that thing that's kind of uncomfortable. So I'm just going to wait. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about this before too, where it's just like that responsibility thing though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't like, I do, I, I do, but I don't. <laughs> same. Hard same. And the thing like, I guess for me that has like chilled out the whole responsibility thing is like alleviating myself from like the pressure of rushing through whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. Because for rushing to be good enough to have the responsibility. Hi, also that. Also that. It's like right here, right now, I can make a responsible decision for myself. You know, I don't have to get to this other place before then I can take on more responsibility. It's actually just like, you know, look in your room right now. It's like, what is there that I can take responsibility for? Like, I haven't done laundry in two weeks, you know, that I can do. And people think like life is this big thing to figure out. It's like, no, look at your surroundings right now. Ask your body what you're capable of in this moment and do that thing. If all body is capable of is like sitting and kind of stewing about the fact that I'm somewhere I don't want to be and like having a circumstance served to me that I don't want to eat. 
you know, if that's all body, like if that's all that's true for body, you have to go through that step too. And it is not comfortable. No. <laughs> it's fucking I feel not. better. Yeah. I feel better now though. Yeah. <laughs> I really feel like, you know, the awareness point always allows me, and I think it's true for other people because you just reflected this, but having the awareness of like, okay, I really do have a sense of what's going on and what I'm feeling. And that actually it's all all right. And going according to plan for my highest and best, like just the acceptance of that just smooths the whole process out. Cause you have to go through all the steps. You have to go through the call, the resistance of the call, you know, like fighting of this invitation to go on the next leg of your journey. Cause Guess what? Reclining at home feels so much more comfortable. It just does. Period. And yet some of us have like real places to go in our lives. And I know you are one of those people. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, there are going to be those moments where we don't want to get out of the, the comfortable narrative that we've had. And at the same time, we know that's where we're going. And so if we can just like opt out of the secondary emotion, the resistance of the resistance, the shame spiral about like, Hey, what's true for my body is I don't want to. And just let yourself have the fucking tantrum. You transmute it so quickly. It's insane. Like it's beautiful. It's wild. It's magical. But what's insane is how simple these things actually are and how we just keep playing our games (laughs) to keep avoiding Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, queen of that one. I I do like I just full on tantrum all week, just crying and being like, "What the fuck is this? What the fuck is that? No. Why did you? Why <laughs> when you knew? Like I was literally, I was having a conversation. Like, why did you do this to me when you knew this is exactly what I didn't want?" <laughs> it was so over it and I talked it out and then I was like all right (laughs) that's and that like that beautifully describes like what I think is the turnaround point for everybody it's acceptance once acceptance happens you like literally don't have to do anything after that Because once you accept the situation, you begin to see it clearly. And when you see it clearly, your body in its wisdom knows like, this is how I honor what I'm seeing clearly now. People are like, how do you do this? How do you do that? You fucking listen to yourself, bitch. Like, honestly, (laughs) like, no, there's no like method. No, there's no how there's. Being willing to go through the process, exactly that. And just first step is like, you have to accept where you are right now, what's in front of you right now and be like, okay, like, what's the thing I can take action on? Or what's the thing I can take responsibility for? What's the thing I can own up to? Even if owning up to the thing you're owning up to is just like, I'm in total resistance of this. I fucking hate this. This sucks. Why? <laughs> Why, God? Why? <laughs> like I, I was like, I will never come back here in my life. You can't make me. There is nothing you can do to convince me. 
<laughs> and I don't even know how I didn't think, because I had said this a few months ago. And it's funny as I'm thinking now, like, how did I not catch that that was 100% going to happen when I said that? <laughs> because anytime you're like, I definitely am not doing this ever, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Because it's like what? By saying that, like, not ever, no. It's like, that's, there's so much charge around that. And the universe is like, okay, girl, I'm going to give you a moment. But like, we're going to circle back to this. We must circle back to this, you know, so we can discharge that. Because as long as we're charged about some old story from the past or like anything, really, we're not as free and as light as we can be. So again, like our subconscious is just going to continuously give us those opportunities to like choose the lightness, choose the like, okay, I hate this, but like, whatever. (laughs) It's it's really funny too, as I can tie this back into the conversation. I, I had the same thought about uh, talking about health stuff. Mm. I was like, I was like, this isn't something that I'm interested in, nor am I going to do it. I'm not going to be one of those people online that is like um, a, a warrior, a health warrior, <laughs> like whatever bullshit they put in their body. Like, I'm still not going to do that. But like, you know what I mean? Yes. Because I'm a survivor, chronic, chronic this. And, you know, like, I was like, I'm not about to be one of those bitches. So it's not happening. Yes. <laughs> and now here I am. Yeah, because at the same time, even though you knew what you didn't want to be, it's like there's still something in you that you knew was like true to express. Just like once again, like when I started talking about all that stuff, I was just like once again, like, damn it, I said I wasn't going to do this. (laughs) It is so funny how like life just brings us to these places, you know, and you're like, this was not a part of the plan. And life's just like, yeah, I know, but it's a stepping stone on the way to the plan. Okay. Like just chill out. I think I have, I have, I may have finally let go fully of like, just the fact that I never had a plan. Well, I had a plan, but my plan was never going to work. It was never about the plan that I had, you know? So yeah. I think I'm, I'm at that place in my life where like, I know, that there was always a plan for me and I had nothing. I, I didn't make the plan. <laughs> I did not make the plan. <laughs> that part, that part, that part, it feels really, really alive in my field right now too, because it's like, you know, who I am today, which is, you know, I'm 33 years old. I'm just starting my journey as far as I see it, you know, like really getting my legs up and under me. But like the person who I am today, like younger versions of me, past versions of me could have never imagined this woman ever. And yet they're so shocked and delighted and like stoked for what's what's true about my life and what's true about who I am now. So it's like if my wildest dreams couldn't have touched where I am and I'm so grateful to be in this this space and also so excited to explore more. It's like, okay, then I never needed to have like this perfect, great plan. I never needed to see my future perfectly and have the perfect visualization of it. It's actually 
it happens the other way around. Once certain pieces in your life fall into place, it's like a vision comes to you because like you're in the attractor. Yeah. You're literally in the current of this thing. And it appears to you as you take the steps, like the path makes itself by you walking it. Mm -hmm. That's a piece. (laughs) And so what's your first step had to be pottery, didn't it? (laughs) I guess it would have been. I guess it would have had to be, yeah. That's like an interesting piece of your story. The whole pottery thing. (laughs) Yeah. It still baffles me to this day, like, because I still do it. (laughs) But, like, I don't know. I and I don't even this is one thing I don't actually talk to people about is how I feel about pottery and how like you know, like I like it as an art or whatever, but I've always, always, always known that it was not my calling or mission or yeah. whatever you want to say. And like people don't really know that about me. Yeah. They, they think that like they think that I was pursuing pottery as if it was like my thing like it actually never happened that way it absolutely never happened that way I never got into it because I was so interested in it at all I just fell into it with everything else well let's be real Shiana you did an experimental magic trick and it materialized your pottery business that's too that too like that was like my first experience with I guess where I was like conscious of manifesting yeah Yeah. (laughs) because that whole thing was just you know it was a college project yeah business was a college project and I had I didn't know that was going to be anything I was just like I need to finish school and this is for graphic design and I like pottery too so I'm gonna make up a fake pottery brand for graphic design and make my own dishes for it and this would be really cute and then and then I don't know like I graduated and I was like I don't actually want to do graphic design though because I want to do like I want to make stuff and even though I don't like love love pottery like I don't I didn't even see myself being a potter you know like Uh I don't see myself being any one thing like that yeah I, I just don't so even though I didn't love it, I was like, I I enjoyed getting good at it. So I, I took feel it that, yeah. And honestly, I feel like, like ever since I heard that story, and I mean, I've always known you were going to do something other than pottery. Like I've always known that. So like ever since I heard that story, it just kind of like seeded into me this idea of how like you know this is the cool thing about magic. You like fuck around and find out and just randomly manifest a business that moves you from one phase of your life into another. Yeah. And I really think that that is what magic ends up doing. And it's, you know, when people are playing around with manifestation and they see what happens, it's like, that can be something that can be like a vehicle that maybe you needed to cross a certain river of life, you know, to get from one shore to another. And it was never, you were never meant to stay in that boat, 
the boat was the boat was here to get you to cross the river. And that's exactly I needed it to open me up for sure. Yeah, I was closed. Yeah. And it also gave you all these unique experiences because your brand fucking blew up. You know, you had like a huge following on Instagram and that gives people a really unique experience on social media. I know that all of us have like, first of all, it's an addicting thing, right? Like it's designed to keep our attention, all that shit. It's a validation machine, you know, and we are all addicted to the quick hits of seeing what's going on and seeing who's liked our shit and all that we can talk from experience that once you get over like 20, 30,000 people, this is, it's a whole new level. And at a, Oh, you had over a hundred thousand. Then it's at a whole other new level. And it's just, it, this has given you so many unique experiences. And it's like, when I think about you making the transition from, okay, here's my page where I do my pottery and stuff to like, okay, Y'all are going to hear about my journey with nourishing my body and the medical industry and what food does to you and all of that. You know, like to me, that was that was like this stage you had built yourself where you got to prove that out of 100,000 followers or whatever, like 50,000 of them could hate you for what you were saying. And yet it was still worth saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, God, that, that whole thing changed me for sure. Like yeah. just feeling like there is nothing more important than this message right now. Like I will watch my business go up in flames over this. Yeah, bitch. I did because I did not make sales after that. Yeah. Um, because most people were pissed at me, of course, for what I had said. Um, I it's still worth it to this day. Like I do it again. <laughs> do it again. Set the whole thing on fire again. You know what? And that's another cool thing. Like a real creator, like knows they have the power to like create something and t- totally destroy it too. Like no, I wouldn't have to away. That knowing when to leave something behind or set something down. Like that's a huge part of being able to grow. And not grow in the numbers, which is what most people have conflated with growth. No, it's like grow as an actual individual, expand as a multidimensional being. So many people online too, they're just like I was too, stagnant. And like, they don't know why. And it's because like, they won't get off the thing that they're on, you know? They won't move on. Yeah. (laughs) And I was doing it too. So I can vouch for that. Like, I wouldn't get off it. We've all done that. God, the fact that I made crystal pipes until like 2020 still shocks me. Dude, I was talking about in 2018 wanting to quit. You remember? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Fucking good times. I was doing it too. Saying the same stuff over and over about how I wanted to move on, but yet not letting go because like it worked. Yes. God, if I can stress anything to anybody out there who's like a creator, it's that part. It's like, yo, you will have to kill your babies at some point. (laughs) You will. You will have to like see these things that are dependable, have become easy because you've done it for so long. You know it works. You know your audience likes it. And there will get a point where it's no longer true for you. 
Mm-hmm. And that is the point that will make or break like a commercial artist or a real fucking living artist. Like that separates the two. The person who continues to do the, I know I can trust this, keep flushing it out. You're a commercial artist. And guess what? There's nothing wrong with that, baby. People need things. And that's beautiful. But some of us are here to like expand through a million different forms. And mm-hmm. I know that I'm, I'm just absolutely not digestible by everyone. And I know that. And I've been known that. But like I, you know, put that off for a minute to people please or whatever. Yeah. Because I lost my way and like forgot my value and all that fun stuff. But yeah (laughs) shit's a powerful lesson you know like doing things to keep a thing going or doing things because you don't know what else to do or doing the thing to avoid doing the thing that you you know I was looking at myself for a long time being like I don't I don't know like how you just don't know what sometimes you don't know what to do yeah. You know what works, but like you also, and you want to move on, but at the same time, you don't know what to move on to sometimes. Yeah. So you keep doing it. Yeah. Not knowing. And I think for me, it wasn't until I just, I just let go. Like I stopped doing the thing. Yes. I, I let, I allowed something else to like come in on its own instead yeah. of trying to find something or force something in its place. Yeah. Just kind of let it dissolve. And then something naturally replaced it. Yeah, I think that's a really like underutilized approach, which is like create the vacuum first and then trust nature to fill it. You know, people are like, it's like what people did in high school where it's like, oh, you can be my boyfriend right now until the guy I really like is (laughs) available. You know what I mean? The, The vacuum thing. It's like, so many, so many people want to just hold on to the thing that they have waiting for the next thing to come before they let go. And it's like, you gotta let go first or the thing that you call in will be half hearted. Also, you're like toe in toe out. It's like, no, you gotta be full into the new in order to like really call in something that is new for you. I think I was doing that for a long time too. Like I was half in, half out. I was saying some weird shit, but I was also like, I'm still normal. Don't worry. But also, (laughs) I'm still predictable with my monthly drops and all of that. But also, like, fuck government. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I I wrote defense for forever. And then I think it just started eating me up because I was like, I'm actually really opinionated. Like, and I mean, I get that maybe some people aren't naturally or whatever, but like, I don't know. I'm not one of those people. Like I'm, I've got to say what I got to say. And I think I stifled myself for far too long there. Yeah. This kind of just fell out. (laughs) (laughs) She was ready. She's like, we've been in here long enough. That's all. I think it's always how it happens for me. Actually, I um I let it kind of boil up to the top. Yeah, and then I kind of just I'm here. Which you know, it's a it's she knows how to make an entrance. 
She knows how to make an entrance. Yeah, they just like throw up, drop a bomb in the room, basically. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's bringing you to the place that you need to be, you know, and I think that's that's just been a, a beautiful part of your journey because. I would say that you are someone who has always been deeply connected to the universe, but you've also kept your healthy, like skeptic and what the fuck energy alive. Very much so. I was very jaded. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> very, very, very jaded. It took me a while. I mean, even when I was first making pottery, I was bitter about the whole thing. And because, you know, people had told stories about how I was never going to be anything or do anything. Or, yeah. And then I was like, I'll show you. And I sure showed him, but then I was still like holding on to that like, yeah. fuck everyone mentality for a really long time. Yeah. It's an, it's an easy place to stay because, you know, anywhere you look, you can absolutely get the data that people suck. And that people don't want to hear a unique and original voice or they don't like weird. They like predictable and normal and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, what I've learned about like reality channels and like completely changing where you're moving from. It's like I can at the same time look out into the world and find a million people who are like, I know the weirdos when I see them and you're one and I want to say hi. You know what I mean? Like. (laughs) that both sides of the coin are always available to us. So it's super easy to stay in the same place that we're already at because we'll get confirming information about it. And you can take your time and you can do what you want to do things and you can test it out a little bit and see if you like it before you try it all the way on and all that stuff. Yeah. No one's saying like, you got to wake up tomorrow and be like, looking on the bright side of your life. Like, no, but just, just experiment with like waking up tomorrow and being like, something so magical is going to happen to me today. I, I cannot wait to see what it's going to be. You know, just like try that fucking shit on. And you know what? If I'm wrong and nothing happens, then you get to be like that. Jennifer Joseph is one stupid bitch. I'll let you say it. You can have it. That's fine. You get that at the end of the day. But if something magical happens, then maybe try that again in a different way. Get creative with it. Decide what you want to experience because ultimately the big plan, it's there and you're going and you don't have to worry about it. But luckily we got a little magician's wand in this realm and we get to like choose our day-to-day little experiences, you know? And if people would just ball out in that arena, I'm sure that no one would be like, all anxiety ridden because they don't yet know what their purpose is. It's like, bitch, if you're just enjoying your unusual life on the daily, you don't worry about that stuff. You're just like, look how wonderful and delightful my little life is. Like, it's amazing. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to fucking do anything. (laughs) Hmm. So do you want to, like, dive into and explore your journey with everybody? Okay. Yes. So I I have my highlight here. 
just in case, because I realized after, you know, talking to you a little bit the first time about this, that it's kind of a complicated story. And I don't know, I didn't, I didn't realize how things kind of all wove in together the way they did until I was telling you about it last time. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, when you're in it, it kind of, they kind of just seem like isolated incidences, right? Yeah. And put the whole thing together after a while and you realize like all of these little pieces actually work together. So. Yeah. There's like a whole connective pattern. So let's see where we start. I don't want to sound too much like I'm looking at this piece of paper now, which is why I wanted to, like, I liked how it was before when we were just talking, but then also I was like, this is too, I don't have enough information. Okay, so <laughs> basically, I I first started experiencing being sick when I was in college, um, uh-huh. and I, I was just, I was like having uh, really heavy periods. I was experiencing a lot of fatigue, a lot of, um, I had like IBS constantly after everything that I ate. I had food sensitivities. This isn't even when it was really bad. This was just the early stages of confusion. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I, I was confused about those things. I'd been in and out of the hospital a few times. Um, and I can remember if, particularly some of them were directly after I ate like I can remember sometimes being at a place like uh Texas Roadhouse for instance yeah I went to Texas Roadhouse and I I remember I ordered a salad with this like blue cheese red dressing on it whatever like a steak salad steak strip salad or something yeah and then shortly after eating that I had gone back to the house and I had these like really intense pains in my chest and I like got up on, on my all fours. In the yeah. bathroom. I was like, oh my God, like writhing, like there's something, I I don't know, I'm going to like birth a fucking alien right now out of my chest. Like that's seriously how it felt. <laughs> and, um, oh. So I'm like telling my ex at the time, the person I was with and his family, I'm like, I think I need to go to the hospital. Like there's something, there's something really wrong here. Yeah. And I guess the vibe that they got from me, like they were driving me over, they were like running red lights trying to get me there because they thought maybe like I was going to die in the car. Yeah. And this is from eating a salad. <laughs> and so I, I get to the ER and they're just like, oh, we don't know. We, we think you might just have some cramps. Here's this medication, write you up all these prescriptions. They sent me home and I was just like, Okay, but like that was weird, you know, and that's how yeah. it was starting for me. Yeah, that's how it started. That was like the genesis moment where you felt in your body for real that like there's something wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was like that. So, and that would that would happen all the time for me. I would keep being in and out of the hospital with a lot of those experiences. Yeah, and so I guess I finally I went to see a gynecologist. And, you know, he didn't really know what was going on at the time. Because this is, this was like, um, this was like 10, 12 years ago now, I guess. Yeah. So it, autoimmune diseases weren't as common. They're big now. And they've yeah. been big for the last like five, six years. But like maybe 10, 12 years ago, they weren't as big. 
Yeah. And so people didn't really know what they were. Doctors didn't know what they were. And doctors were like, yeah, you're telling me that you feel this way, but like your labs don't, your labs show nothing. Your labs show that you're fine. I don't know yeah. why you're saying this. I'm just going to write you a prescription. And some people, you know, even thought that I was making it up. Because there's that too. So people would tell me like, you know, oh, you just want to have a story. You want to make drama. You're sick for no reason. You're all, you're a hypochondriac. Because every day I would wake up and be like, I feel like something's wrong with me. Yeah. And I would just say it. I would just say it all the time without realizing how maybe I sounded to people, which was like, I was crazy. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know. And I was just like, I feel like there's something wrong with me. Like, my body doesn't feel right. Like, I'm tired all the time. This is, I'm only 23. Like, it's not right. Like, I just kept saying that stuff. Yeah. And it was isolating because everyone just would be like, you clearly look fine. We took you to the doctor. They told you there was nothing wrong with you. You're fine. Yeah. So I was kind of just forced to, like, you know, I was living in this body that was ill, and then I was forced to have all these other beliefs put into my mind about how that wasn't true for me, even though it was. Yeah. And it was just like a, extremely isolating, and it was heavy. That was really heavy for me. Um, yeah. And so, you know, after all those visits, I eventually had gone to the gynecologist, and he had done an ultrasound and said that they. They weren't even sure what they saw then. They were just like, oh, maybe the, maybe it's a cyst. Maybe it's some fibroids. Looks like there's some webbing on your uterus. We don't really know, but we're going to uh, we're gonna go in laparoscopically and see what it is. Yeah. And so I, I had that. That was my first laparoscopic surgery. I think I was like 23 at the time. It was obviously very uncomfortable. I mean, I'm never comfortable going to the gynecologist yeah like an an old man like it's just of all things it was really so anyways i get that i have i had the surgery and i have a very very specific memory of coming out of that surgery like as soon as i came off the anesthesia the doctor had come in and without giving me time to like come to he was just like you better start thinking about having kids and he like walked out with his chart and like first of all I was like really disoriented (laughs) because I just had the surgery right and clearly like thinking back on it now he'd done that on purpose to to get me like startled yeah Um, but he had done that right after I came out and then a nurse came in afterwards and I was like well can I, I want to talk to the doctor about everything and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, well, we have you scheduled to see us again in two weeks. Like, they just had decided that they weren't really going to explain a bunch of stuff. And we're going to have me come back in two weeks. And so I didn't really understand it, but I abided by it at the time. Yeah, of course. And, you know, I, I, he diagnosed me with endometriosis. Mm-hmm. And... I remember feeling like that was a death sentence because mm-hmm. at the time I didn't understand anything about these illnesses and stuff. And so I was like, why am I 23 years old? And I have this disease that like, I've never even heard of in my fucking life. Yeah. Like, never yeah. Heard of before. yeah. And, um, I was like, where did this even come from? 
but why would I have, you know? And so I just, I remember going home that day and like being really confused about pregnancy. And like, I was on the track team at the time I was on full scholarship. So I was like, I don't know how I'm going to like leave college and like have a baby in the middle of this to save my health. Yeah, like, they they were claiming like if if you don't have a baby within within two years, uh, everything's gonna go bad and you're never gonna be able to have kids again. Is what they told me when I had gone back. Um, and so I obviously got scared and was like, I I need to make a decision now because they were like, it's baby or hysterectomy. And I was like, well, I don't think. I considered a hysterectomy for a while because I was in a lot of pain, but then I was like, I don't know if I should really do that because what if I change my mind? Yeah. So yeah, it's just a, such a huge um, decision to put on someone like, and we know now like on a neuro neuroscientific level, like the brain doesn't even complete its formation process to like the years 25, 28. So the yeah. fact that we're asking like, 23 year olds in the medical industry to make a decision like have a baby or we're taking your uterus like seems insane yeah i i I felt insane i felt like it was insane yeah they were putting it on me like it wasn't they were making it seem like it was totally a normal thing and i was telling people even the people around me i was telling them about it and they were like well what are you gonna do like they were like kind of like going along with it, like I as if I were supposed to make one of these choices. And I was like, I don't think this is normal. <laughs> isn't that that's like the magic spell of like authority figures, isn't it? It's like exactly. they put on the white coat or they've got the uniform got the on, spell. and it's like all of a sudden what they're saying feels like gospel truth to us because we haven't been educated about our bodies. We don't, we can't see the insides of ourselves. So this is a huge realm of unknown to us. And so if we have these people in our society that we're supposed to be able to trust as medical authorities, then it becomes nearly impossible to question them, especially to their face. Is that true for you? Oh, absolutely. Like I, there was nothing that I could say, like to argue anything that they were saying about treatment because they have the degree. Yeah. The code, you don't have the, you didn't go to school for this, you know? And it's like, that's a whole nother story. Like I know my body better than you ever will. You don't, you don't even, you don't live in it. That part. It's like, you don't live in it. You did not go to school for my body. Exactly. You did not go to school for my body. You I've been in this bitch the whole time. <laughs> you have not studied this. You have not been here. You <sighs> just met, I just met you. That part. Just, we don't know each other. So <sighs> if you come and tell me, no. So I. that's how I felt about him, honestly. I felt like, I was like, how Maybe, but like I don't know. So I went to a second opinion. Yeah. Uh, not very long after, and this time it was a woman that I was getting to see. So I was like really excited because I felt like, no offense to men, I respect their knowledge, but like you don't have a woman's body. That part. So, 
I will like never understand male OBGYNs, yeah, like, it's, it's, like never. It's not possible. It's just no. not possible. So I was like super excited about seeing a female doctor. And not only that, but when I got in there, she was like, I also have endometriosis. And oh, I was like, wow. I was like, oh my God, like this is going to be the best thing ever because she can tell me what she does and she's a doctor. So like to make everything go away. Yes. And so I went, saw her and she was like, well, I mean, I take Lupron. And so Lupron is a hormone blocker. Yeah. And I did not, I did not know this at the time. But, like, this is what she put me on. And she was telling me, like, yeah, you won't have any pain anymore. You'll be able to do all the things that you need. You'll be able to function. And I was like, functioning. That sounds really nice. Like, that sounds like something I could do. Like, I want that again. Because I wasn't, I wasn't functional anymore. I was, yeah. I was, I was, you know, I, I had my home studio and I was making pottery. And I was dragging ass. Like, I was I could barely like carry the work around, you know, and yeah. I'm doing it anyways, but it was really hard. And so functioning sounded really nice. Yeah. And she was like, you'll function again if I, you take this and it has some side effects, but it's really not that bad, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, you know, I, I trust her because she's a woman and a doctor. <laughs> Isn't that a funny, like, fallacy that we end up falling into? It's like, even if you're woke enough to be like, oh, the masculine medical field, blah, blah, blah. It's like, as soon as you get, like, a woman who's, like, it's so much different. I can trust you. It's like, not necessarily. It's like, it depends on how someone's been educated and what their indoctrination is. And at this point, all people who are medical doctors have been taught to deal with symptoms, not root causes. Exactly. And that is what she did to me. She was like, we can cover this pain up for you so that you can move on with your day. It's still going to be there, but you won't feel it. (laughs) While blocking all your natural hormones so you can't create those chemicals that allow you to feel good about life. Mm -hmm. And it's just (laughs) Fuck up a lot of other stuff for you later, but we won't worry about that right now. No, we won't. No. So, <laughs> on Lupron, and it absolutely obliterated my hormones, and I experienced menopause at 23 years old. Jesus Christ! Um, and that was that was really scary, to be honest, because a lot of people think that menopause is just a woman losing her period and not being able to have kids anymore and just getting really hot and like sticking your head in the freezer and all that stuff like yeah it's, it's some of that's true but like when you're experiencing it you feel like you're radiating from the inside out like you feel like your skin's actually just about to like crack off because Jesus. your insides are boiling and the freezer is like does is not good enough that's really not good enough. Yeah. There were times where I was sitting at my wheel trying to throw and I had been on Lupron and I was I would like get lightheaded. And I would get really hot and I'd have to be like like breathe for a while and go, okay, and I like try to keep throwing a cup while I'm having these hot flashes on my wheel at twenty three years old. <laughs> so and again, 
I was like, this is not fucking normal. I knew it then, mm-hmm. but I just, I didn't know enough to like challenge the authority yet. You know, yeah. I just knew yeah. it was wrong. Yeah. I didn't know how to say it was wrong or like why it was wrong yet. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, just like the intuitive knowing was there. Yeah. We just didn't know what to do with it yet. Yeah. Did not know what to do with it. And so I just had to keep playing with it essentially until I could like get to the bottom of it. Um, so let's see. That was so I met that other doctor. And then that's when I kind of found a few people online on Instagram who were also dealing with autoimmune issues. Like yeah. they didn't have the exact same one that I did, but they had some other ones that like all the names were weird, like Hashimoto's. Yeah. Like, all these made up names that like I'd heard of before. And <laughs> I was just like, where did all this stuff come from? And yeah. It was just a handful of us that were talking about it at the time and kind of bought trauma bonding over it i guess you could say trauma bonding over experiences of feeling really isolated and people people gaslighting you saying that you're not really sick and all this stuff so i was talking to them and they introduced me to gluten-free stuff Mm -hmm. they were like well if you if you take some of these things out of your diet that are like messing with your uterus and your fibroids and whatever you might feel better and you can take these herbs and you can do this and that. And so I started off doing the gluten-free thing. And then for a while I was taking herbs like cat's claw and things like that to reduce inflammation. Yeah. And um, I guess from there, I kind of went from gluten-free to the whole 30, the elimination diet thing. Yeah take 30 days to like go very small with what you're eating and then you reintroduce things back in. Right. Um, and then after the limit 30 elimination, I did paleo diet. And then finally, after all of those things, I went vegan. Um, and then <laughs> the vegan thing that was around, I think 2017. Hmm. Um, and I was all, I was just going through such a horrible time anyways, because I just broken up with my fiance, moved to a new state. Yeah. Um, just, it was a, it was a huge mess. And that was like around the time that we had first, first met actually. Yep. We first started following each other. So I went vegan and I did feel good at first. I did for a while. You know what? This is what I've learned from every person who I've talked to who was vegan for a time and then went back to an omnivorous life or carnivore or whatever. They're like the first, for most people, the first two years or three at the most, three and a half is the longest I've ever heard. They're like, everything was good. And then the brain fog hit and then the gut stuff started. And then the like lethargy all day, every day happened for me, like my teeth demineralized and I like lost teeth, you know? So these are all, these are all like the pattern of going vegan. I think like on the one level, when you first go vegan, usually you're super mindful about that form of veganism because people don't go that hardcore unless they're trying to feel better. Usually. You know, there are the ethical vegans and like all the respect for that choice. 
But most people turn to veganism because they, they want to shift their health in some way. And so ultimately it's eliminating a lot of other stuff that should mm-hmm. like the industrial meat, you know, fast food stuff. Like you start to have less and less options as a vegan. So you stop getting toxins in certain ways. Exactly. But you go through this period of time where it's like their body's like, okay, now there are some essential things that we are missing. Now I got to start leeching from the other organs. Yep. We're going down. That's basically what happened to me. Yeah. I, I, um, I felt good because I was cutting out a lot of processed foods that yeah. I wasn't eating anymore. And I wasn't able to eat the fast food that was burgers and fries and all that stuff. Yep. And so I did, I felt better for a period of time. And then just like you said, eventually my ship started burning. Mm-hmm. Um, it started with me not being able to digest my food properly. Because yeah. I was, you know, I was eating so many vegetables. Yeah. And as we know, like we can't fully digest those properly unless they're cooked a certain way, which I definitely was not doing. Yeah eating a lot of those raw and so yeah. they were getting clogged up and I eventually couldn't use the bathroom for over two weeks and that freaked me out that really started freaking me out um and then like you mentioned I was losing my tooth yeah actually like it's like shaved off now from just deteriorating from the lack of nutrients yeah and I remember having this like fucked up realization. Like I looked in the mirror and I saw my tooth for the first time. So I noticed it. It's weird when that stuff happens and like one day it's there and then suddenly one day it's just not. Yeah. You know, yeah. That gone. It's you don't see the, the, the middle where like it's leaving. No. <laughs> so I looked in the mirror and I was missing like a, like a quarter of my tooth or more. And I was just like, is this from being vegan like i thought this was healthy yeah what am i doing it wrong yeah i'm not doing this right like i don't know and then of course the bathroom thing um that i called a friend who was big into like herbs herbal stuff yeah and she was like yeah dude veganism's not for everyone and sounds like it's not for you so eat some bacon like now yeah and take a fuck ton of magnesium like take i don't know i probably took like 12 of these like fat ass magnesium pills yeah and she was like it's gonna be really painful for you tonight but you're gonna get better like it's gonna work i promise you and call me or whatever so i took the 12 pills and i was waiting for a couple of hours i was like really scared I didn't know like how it was how it was gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know how fucked up it's about to be. About <laughs> <laughs> to have a traumatic it, experience in the restroom. <laughs> it really was like I will never fucking forget that. It hurt yeah. my soul. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I let all of that out, and I mean, it was like that. What came out? It was not normal. It was so putrid like it, it was just like it was like almost as if it was like just rotted vegetables yeah but that i had shot out basically and yes i was like sweating and just 
I thought I was thinking like, do I need to call ER? Like, while I'm on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first one, bitch. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was really intense. And, yeah. But it worked. It, it cleared me out and I, I ate the bacon and like, I never looked back after that. And I had my tooth as the trophy for surviving veganism. Yeah. But that was, that was really intense. And so after that didn't work, I went back to like, just doing the, the little like gluten-free here and yeah. typical, typical standard diet stuff. Like normal, like normal people, what they think is healthy. Yeah. I just right. went back to that and, and I was doing gluten-free with the healthy stuff that I thought yeah. was healthy. Yeah. And I, I lasted on that for another two years before it all came crashing down on me again. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so this is in 2020. I think it was like, I want to say towards the end of 2020 is uh-huh. when I started feeling it again. And I remember being at the mall and I was, I was walking and like my right side here was like hurting really, really bad. So I was like limping like a hunchback in the mall. And my partner was like, are you good? Like, should we just like go home? And I was like, no, I really want to like do stuff. Like I want to be out and I don't know what's up with my hip. Like I thought it was maybe, I was in denial first of all. Yeah. Because I didn't want to go to the doctor. Yeah, of course. Because I, I don't like going to them because I don't trust them, but. Well, they also, like, basically told you over and over again that you cannot trust your body. Like, we know better about what's going on than you do. I wouldn't want to go back to that circumstance either. Yeah, it was... I was really fucked up over that whole thing. I was First of all, I was fucked up over them telling me that I couldn't heal naturally, tell, giving me medications. I was fucked up over the medications themselves. I was fucked up from the symptoms. I was... I was fucked up over the fact that they told me I was sick to begin with. I was fucked up over the fact that I was young and had an incurable disease. Like yeah. I was, it was there was just so much going on with that. And then they were telling they were either telling me that I was making it up or they were telling me that I would never be cured and that I would need to take needles all day. So I yeah, I just I I have a I don't like them. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't like them. And that's nothing personal, but like I don't like the industry itself. So. Yeah, the institution that it creates, you know, and again, like we mentioned earlier, it's like that authority position and the way we tend to pedestal doctors instead of, you know, ultimately, if we had true healthcare providers. They would inform us about how to get more intimate with our bodies. They would inform us of like, you know, what are the essential nutrients that everyone has to have? Yeah, what, like, what is, what are all the vitamins and minerals that everyone needs to have a functioning body? That is huge. None of us know that, you know? And I mean, I mean, it's to the point, I mean, everybody is so like zinc deprived, magnesium deprived, all these like essential elements that our organs need to function properly. And what people don't realize is nothing in the body is an isolated incident. Everything is interconnected and everything happens in these cascades of events. So if one thing is out of alignment, 
then that means it's going to borrow from another system to try to come into alignment. That system's going to get out of whack. And so there will be another one that it has to pull from. And so it goes on. And unfortunately, yeah, it's like, it just keeps continuing until we, we address like the root issue, which at this moment in time, in America, especially, we are dealing with a mass nutrient deficiency and um, like an inflammation epidemic. Like what we're consuming just inflames people's bodies beyond an inch of their lives. And the fact that they're already nutrient deficient, they don't have what they need to like put out the fire constantly. And because... The, the pills don't work that well and they come with their own side effects. Then people pour alcohol on top of that, you know, or they smoke the weed all day because it's like anything to turn down the dial on the emergency signals that are constantly going off in everyone's body. Exactly. <sighs> numbing it in some way or another. Yeah. And I mean, no, there's no shade to the numbing. Like I really have dealt with numbing and avoidance my entire life. So I have real compassion for this. Ultimately, all I can say as someone who spent way too much time in their life, numbing way too much time in my life, like avoiding, I'm like, sis, it's just not worth it. I know it's going to be painful to face the things that we haven't been facing or to to completely reimagine the way you eat, I'm sorry, but it is devastating, especially if you've bought like vegan propaganda, especially like it was an ethical, like disaster in my body to start eating eggs again. Like I just, you know, I felt so fucking terrible about it. So changing a paradigm, whether it's your food paradigm, lifestyle paradigm or anything, it's difficult. So I just want to say like, have grace for yourself as you explore these types of things. Because if you hear a bunch of new information, I know I used to do this all the time where it was like, I'm discovering all the things I'm doing wrong. And then that was a way that like, I set off like this panicked reaction and guilt and shame and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, that's the emotional doubling down on inflammation in your body. So let's bring grace and compassion to ourselves first, 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 because we do not want to add on to the inflammation our body might be experiencing right now with emotional inflammation. (laughs) You know, I definitely went through times where I just, I felt like everything that I did was wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, what, what, is it like what am I doing or not doing? You know, yeah, it turns into this avoidance spiral. Yes, yes, and it's also what makes us susceptible to um, clinging on to new ideologies or a new authority. You know, like that's how veganism got me. It's like I was just feeling miserable when I was much younger. I was like working at my one and only office job inside fluorescent lights. I gained weight. I was miserable, depressed, and I would go home, drink wine, eat pasta, watch movies. That was it. Then rinse and repeat, you know? And so when I found veganism, like I was looking for something to save me because I didn't know how to manage myself. I didn't know how to manage my emotions. I didn't know how to manage my life yet. And so that's the moment when we're really susceptible 
to an authority figure or an ideal ideology to come in and kind of warp our whole reality. And then we get really hardened about this method that we found or this leader that we like or, you know, whatever. And that's when we get like, we get bent, you know, yeah. and we catch ourselves in another, like just ideological trap. Absolutely. I definitely feel that. Yeah. The veganism thing for me, I, I, I was just one of those people that fell into it because I was sick. Yeah. And I was just looking to try everything because I felt like I was like, you know, I was open to trying all the medicines and stuff, but at the same time, I was like, there's just no fucking way that this is, this is the reality for me. There's no way. There's no way that I'm sick at 23 and have an incurable disease. There's no way that I'm going to take medicine for the rest of my life. Like, yes. it's just, I won't believe it. You know, yeah. I was like, I can't. So like, I just kept trying the different diets and a lot of people would try to tell me like, why don't you just take the medicine they're giving you? Why don't you just give that a shot? Why don't you just listen to them? And especially like, you know, my parents and stuff. Yeah. Like not understanding of why I wanted to go my own way with this. Yeah. And I really had to fight them on that for a while, but a lot of people couldn't understand it. And I was just like, I don't feel like this is right. So I'm going to go find out what is. Yeah. And so that's how I ended up on all those diets. And then the last one that I had right before I found the truth was the veganism. And then I ended up on the opposite spectrum afterwards. So that's how the pendulum swings, isn't it? (laughs) And it went exactly, exactly opposite. Um, So I, I didn't really do the veganism thing out of like, I never had the animal guilt, I guess. Yeah. it, that didn't really happen for me. I, I and I understand why it happens to some people, but it just wasn't the case. Like I didn't grow up around animals like that, or like no. I just wasn't exposed in that way. So like I didn't have that guilt, but I did think like, okay, people look like they're doing good on this, so I'm gonna try it out. And mm-hmm. obviously it didn't work. And so I was like, maybe I'm one of those people that's not meant to do it because I didn't know before like what it really was about. Yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, after the veganism thing, I was having the pain in my hip and I was walking around in the mall and I thought the denial part in me thought maybe my hip was hurting from a previous injury where I had been dropped on my back. Mm. And so I was like, maybe this is just coming up for me again because I didn't properly have the therapy to fix that. Um, But I think also deep down, I just knew that I was about to get fucked. So, yeah, I basically tried to avoid doctors when my hip was hurting for a really, really long time. And I ended up being bedridden for a month straight, just trying to, like, wait it out and hope that I'd be okay. And I was uh, trying to, like, still do pottery and stuff, too, but it wasn't really working out. So I finally caved and I went to the ER and I really didn't want to because I already knew. I already knew that they wouldn't know what it was going to be. Yeah. I knew that they weren't going to listen to what I was asking for, what I wanted done. And I just knew that it wasn't 
going to be what, like, it should be. I don't know what it should be in my mind, anyways. So, I got there, and, of course, they were like, yeah, what's wrong? And I'm like, okay, well, I'm having really intense abdominal pain. I think there's something wrong with me. I told them, you know, I have a previous condition. We're diagnosed with endometriosis, so, like, if anything, it's probably that. I really need an ultrasound. Abdominal pain, abdominal pain. Like, I was fo- I was telling them, like, this is what I feel. Yeah. And they came back in and gave me an x-ray, which, to this day, I will never understand why. Because I said I had abdominal pain. And... They came back an hour or two later, gave me like a cherry popsicle and some antacids and was like, you have an ulcer. It'll go away in two weeks. Just keep taking this ulcer medication and you'll be fine. And I was like, I really don't think it's that. I really think there's something else. Yeah. I told her, I was like, I feel like there's a sharp, hot rock sitting in my gut, just like burning at all times. Yeah. And it's like cutting me. And I was describing it to her. And she was like, well, that that spicy rock will probably go away. Like once you take this antacid medicine, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I didn't have a choice. You know, like what? you can't argue with them. Yeah. You can't make them do anything. So yeah. I went home and I tried to take the medicine. And after a few days, I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> I already know it's not going to work. And. Two weeks later, I had the same problem, and in fact, it had gotten worse. And so I managed to find a holistic doctor this time through a friend of mine who was at the pottery studio. And so I got up with her and I talked to her, and she was like, yeah, that sounds ridiculous. Let's pencil you in for an appointment. Uh, But she was booked. Because usually those kinds of doctors just are really booked, like I'm yeah. scheduled with. And that's part of the reason why I've never seen a naturopathic doctor until up until that point is because they're just difficult to get with. Yeah. So she scheduled me and my appointment was uh, once again not going to be for like another two weeks. So like at that point, I've been sitting there for like a month and a half yeah. with whatever was had been going on with me and it was getting worse by the day. Yeah. And so when I finally had seen her, I was in a wheelchair because I could no longer walk. Um, And so the only way that I could, like, get outside anymore is if my partner, like, carried me and put me in a wheelchair and, like, he was dressing me and he was walking me to the bathroom and, like, I hadn't used the bathroom in, like, a month. So I was, like, like, I was, like, hobbling. Like, I couldn't walk right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, I was getting ready to shut down, and (laughs) I went there, and she, I told her how I was feeling, and first of all, she belittled me for waiting so long. She was not very, she was not very friendly. She belittled me for waiting so long, and basically chewed me out for not taking care of myself and stuff, and I was like, I was like, you know, I guess I respect that, you being honest and all. But, like, also, I'm kind of dying, so, like, I don't really need this right now, and I don't know you. (laughs) So, maybe not, like... Maybe get me stable first before you yell at me, like... Yeah, too soon. So, she was kind of blunt, and, like, I do understand that because I used to be that way, but also there's a difference between being blunt and being honest, so... Yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah. You don't have to be that way. That's so true. she did that first and then, you know, was like, well, I described how I was feeling to her and she was like, we're going to have all the labs done that you want done. And I was like, cool. She's a woman. She's listening to me. She's going to do all the stuff that like, you know, I'm being heard. Yeah. So I'm being heard. Yeah. So like that trust came back in for me again. And I was like, she must know, you know, mm-hmm. she has, she has the knowing. Yes. So I put my faith in that again. And, you know, she gave me the diagnosis and told me that I had two tumors on each side of my ovaries, the size of eggplants. <sighs> um, and so that's why I had been in bed like that because my organs were actually so compacted that they were being fused together oh. and my colon was being like fused off and my kidneys were going through nephrosis. Um, so yeah, I was having a really hard time like just existing. And so I had the surgery. Let's see. I'm going to check this really quick. Da-da-da-da. Oh, I also had clubbed tubes. Like my, my, my fallopian tubes are like so beat up from like being shoved around that they're just like, they were like, yeah, we don't know if you're going to be able to, to have these kids because your tubes are like clubbed from the damage. And they, they told me that the damage was because I had waited so long to have treatment. And it was like, well, that was actually because like, I told you I had an emergency and then you put it off for two weeks, then you put it off for two weeks, then you put it off for two weeks. Like, yeah, maybe I waited a while to get seen, but then after I said I was sick, I was still not seen for another month. And also, like, if the people who you had originally gone to had, like, listened to what your real concerns were and done tests that you had asked for, they might have seen the beginnings of this. Like, I have a hard time believing that, like, over six weeks, a tumor grew to the size of an eggplant. Like, that, I think that took a longer time and you were feeling it all along the way and just people wouldn't listen to you. I actually tried to sue that hospital because of the fact that they misdiagnosed me. Yeah. they, the suing thing was such a mess because they basically come out of fire body and it's, it's really fucked up. Like they told me that I couldn't win a clue. I wouldn't be able to win the case, even though technically like they were negligent. They misdiagnosed me. And then I went on a month without treatment and then my tubes became clubbed, which I could totally say like, this is the reason why I can't have kids, you know? But like there's so much legality involved in like, the worth of your organs and stuff like it's really it's it's absurd so that didn't work out but i did try to sue them for that shit because i was pissed about that. so pissed so anyways i had the surgery and everything they removed the tumors and i remember coming out of the surgery and the doctor there was like um so moving forward, we're going to schedule you an appointment for two years out so that you can have this surgery again because it's re- it's going to come back because there's no cure. And the best chances that you have if you want something close to a cure is you have the hysterectomy, just like they told me years and years ago. Or, oh, and the funny thing about that is years and years ago when that dude was like, yeah, you need to do this or that or you're basically going to get fucked. 
Yeah. I'm still fine. So, anyways, <laughs> once again, they were telling me that same thing have a baby, yeah, a hysterectomy, or the world's gonna fall apart. And I was like, oh, and he also wanted to put me on Lupron too. He was like, we're gonna put you on Lupron. And then in the meantime, let me know when you want to get your body ready to get pregnant or have to correct me. If, if it doesn't work, we'll get you in vitro fertilization. Oh, my God. They set me up for an appointment. It was a lot. It was a whole lot. They set me up for an appointment for a, a, a surgery two years later, plus in vitro fertilization appointment six months down the road to talk to them to try and get the insemination going. <laughs> I was just like, I told the doctor that day, I was like, I honestly don't really want any of this. Like, I really just want to find a natural fix. Is yes. Why don't we have one? Like, why do you keep giving me all of these things? And he was like, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but we don't really know. And this is the best we can do. And I was just like, well, I'm leaving. And like, I, I had the appointments made, but like I canceled them somewhere down the line because i was exactly. like i'm not fucking i'm not fucking doing this in vitro shit like i'm not i'm not no yeah that's no, so, my path. so unnatural so i was mad about all of that stuff um and so then i went and i knew i wasn't going to do the treatment that the doctor t- was giving me the surgeon i was just going to see what he said and then i was going to go back to the naturopathic talk yeah so I went back to her and I told her what he had said. And she was like, yeah, we're not going to do any of that. And I was like, you know, thank goodness. Um, and so she was like, well, what we're going to do is we're going to get your body ready for pregnancy by putting you on progesterone, which is synthetic. It's a fucking pill. And I was like, I don't want to do medications. Like you're a naturopathic doctor. I thought, like, I thought, like, it's in the name, like, natural, like, yeah, what is happening? Why are you, why are you doing this now? You know? So, and I, that freaked me out. I was like, what is this? So that changed my whole view on the naturopathic thing. And so she put me on progesterone. And this is when I started uh, the temple of embodiment. Your yeah. Body. So I was on that before that even happened, actually, right after the surgery, we had, we'd spoken. Yeah. Mm. We'd spoken because I told you that I just had that surgery and like, like we'd said before, like, you knew I was about to have a huge breakthrough because I just gotten really fucked up. Yes. I had my ass handed too. Yes. So, you know, you, I was talking to you about coming out of it and I was like, I still don't feel right. Yeah. I like, still don't feel right when I eat food. It's, it feels like my body just isn't taking it in properly. Like, it feels bad. Yeah. Something about it just didn't feel right. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, you can physically sense that your body is like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. I was like eating emptiness or something and my body felt yeah. it. Yeah. And it's so, like, it's such a, what's the word? 
disorienting, confusing feeling to explore so many different foods and like not be able to get away from that feeling and not feel like you're actually being nourished, you know? Yeah. And, and I was just confused because I was like, I had the surgery. Yeah. But I had the tumors removed. Why does my body still feel this weird feeling when I eat? Like it's just going to happen all over again if I continue down this road. Yeah. And so I was telling you about that. And then you're like, well, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I've been doing this new thing where like, and I think the first thing you had mentioned to me was that you were just eating raw steak. <laughs> I was like, you know, I love you and all, right? So I was like, this sounds <laughs> sounds really weird and like wild and exotic and what it sounds right up her alley. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Am I gonna do this too? I don't know. But it makes sense for you. <laughs> You're like definitely on brand for Jen. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's some weird shit for sure. It makes sense. Nope. So. <laughs> You were doing all that, and then you started telling me about <clears throat> the way you were eating these foods and the nutrients and the proteins and how you get them directly from eating them raw. And then, you know, you sent me resources. You yeah. sent me a couple of pages to look through on Instagram. Uh, Kaylee Nutritional Elements was one of them. Yes, love Kaylee. And, and Paul Saladino with Carnivore 2.0. Yes, I was the other one. Um, got that one from someone else. Yeah, I think those were the main two that you had sent me, and then you sent me that podcast. Yeah, that was called like "Why You Should Only Eat Meat" or something. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously, I don't only eat meat, but like that's what it was called. Yeah. So, and I was like, okay, I'll look into this. And so I watched the video. It was fucking long. First of all, so long. I was dreading it because I'm, I'll listen to something that's that long, but it's usually like, I have to be interested in it. And I didn't know anything about what you sent me. So I was like, what am I even doing with this? Yeah. So it was long. And I was deterred just by that alone, but I watched it anyway. So I put it on and I was like, just fucking, just do it. <laughs> just fucking do it. So I watched it and he was saying a lot of sciencey stuff. Half the shit I didn't even understand because they're big words, and I'm not yeah. familiar with them. Yeah. I'm talking like, uh, you know, like doctory things. And, but even though it was like that, I still understood what the fuck he was saying. Yes. So That's... I was, I was still like, this makes all the sense of the fucking world. Yeah. As why I feel this way. And, um, I'm, it doesn't sound like it's going to be fun, but I'm going to try it. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt when I saw that conversation. And for anybody who's listening, I'm going to link that below so you guys can listen to it if you want to. But yeah, it was the exact same thing. He was saying all these big words that I had really never even heard before. But when he expressed what is happening when we're eating plants, what we're getting from plants, like everything made sense. Everything just like, it clicked in and it was like a, a resonance in my soul. Like it was like a body truth that I immediately was like, it wasn't trust. It was knowing, you know, there've been yeah. plenty of other people who have told me things and I'm like, Oh, you're more educated than me. Okay. I trust you. This wasn't that it was very much a body knowing thing. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, 
it was and it was just so weird like it was like i don't need i don't need any more explanation yeah i'm doing this immediately it makes uh, sense yeah. and so you know i started to do it and i was still seeing my nurse she's a nurse practitioner so i was still seeing her at the time the naturopathic okay I naturopathic doctor but she was a nurse practitioner so okay. I was still seeing her at the time when I had started this whole thing. And I went, I remember going to the Heart and Soil Manifesto because that's Paul's website for yeah. his uh, supplements that they do. And I remember going to it and reading it and it talking about how, like, you're going to heal autoimmune. And it, it was just boosting you up, you know, like, you can do this. It's true. It's real. It's out there. And yes. I, like is it though because like i've seen it so many times but like yeah. in my heart i was like this is it like this is finally it like it has to be like i felt it you know yeah reading the website and so i remember the nurse had mentioned like she wanted to prescribe me something for histamine because i had had issues with that and i was on the website earlier checking it out and reading stuff and i saw that they also sold that supplement for histamine um, and so I was like, I messaged her actually, and I sent her a photo of their website and like the front manifesto where it talked about how you can heal autoimmune through diet and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, could I just take this histamine instead? Because this is natural. And the one that you want to give me is like pharmaceutical. Yeah. And, uh, she didn't reply to my text message that night. And so I had an appointment with her the next day. And so I brought it up again and I was like, Hey, did you get my text about, you know, this thing I found about food? And she was like, yeah, I saw your little text. And the, that like word for word. And I knew she called it little. And that's yeah. what I knew. I was like, girl, <laughs> little text. Like you don't even, your ego so big. Like you couldn't even like look into it. Like, you could have done something with this for people. Hello. She could have used that. But you know what? This is what reeks of people who are defensive about their livelihood. She doesn't actually care about you. She cares that you're going somewhere else to get a solution. Mm -hmm. And this, this mindset is like overtly and incredibly perpetuated in any sort of like industry that is like academic you know what i mean what i'm saying like so you have to go through all the schooling to get to this place now we get to act like assholes in ivory towers telling you that literally nothing else will work we're your gods and even naturopaths are like like what the fuck i was i was I remember being really upset about that and just complaining to my partner and being like, why did she say that to me? Why, why wouldn't she want to look into this? Like, why wouldn't she want to help people with this? Like I'm giving you, you could run with this shit. Yeah. Like what? Why would, what? So she was pissy about it and she didn't want it because I was, you know, cause I had something that she didn't know about or whatever. Yeah. It was a threat to her ego. Right. Yep. So I was like, okay whatever you know um fine and so i kept i kept taking the progesterone for a while and um that started getting really bad that started getting to the point where like i was supposed to have my period for a week 
and I had it for an entire month and it was incredibly heavy <sighs> to the point where like I remember being in temple asking other women in there like what a miscarriage felt like because mm-hmm. I thought I had, had one since I was bleeding so much like I was like this isn't normal like and I was tired because like I lost so much blood all month it was yeah weirder experiences that I've had besides like the menopause at 23 thing um and so that's when I was like I called her up and I was like hey this isn't really working for me like I I gave it a shot but I really don't want to do medication and I kind of already said that to begin with and I think I'm out and she was like, no, no, we just need to, like, change the dosage. That's all. And I was like, bitch, I am bleeding out. Yeah. I'm not changing dosages. I'm out. Yeah. You are healing me now. <laughs> like, stop playing with me. Yeah. Um, And, you know, she didn't like that either. And I was like, listen, listen, listen. I'm going to do this meat thing, okay? <laughs> I think, you know, my friend, she's on to something. I don't know what you're on to, but it's not what I want to be on. So I'm going to do this meat thing, and yeah. I'm going to buy these organ supplements too, because I don't like your shit, because it's not organic, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I really, I explained it to her, and I, I was scared, okay? I was really scared when I was mm-hmm. telling her this, because I didn't want to go against what she said, and I also didn't know how to go against her. So I I was like, I was like, I don't want to do it. You know, I'm going to try this other thing. What do you think? Like I was, I was telling you, but at the same time, I was like, what do you think about what I'm telling you? Yeah. Yeah. I want to turn and say, fuck you, but also I'm scared. So like, is saying fuck you okay? (laughs) Like that's basically what happened. Yeah. So I was like, fuck you. Will it work? And she was like. Mm, fuck you too i don't really think so so she basically was like um i've never i only seen six percent of people heal from this without also being on medication so like yeah diet will help you but you need pills too and you make sure to call me when shit hits the fan okay so that's what she told me that's what she left me with after i was like scared to leave her clutches that's so fucked and when she said that to me though i was like click bitch i was done that because you know that was like her last like energetic hook and like when you can feel someone like hooking onto you like that it's like fuck no like obviously this doesn't have the answers for me because healing here's what i feel shiana healing does not feel like shit it doesn't it doesn't feel like I'm doing things I don't want to do. Like I'm do, I'm miserable and, you know, I'm fighting with the person who's like helping me. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. feels like, yeah, you feel challenged when you're healing. Yes. You have to change habits, behaviors, and lifestyles and all that. And that is difficult. It's not the easiest thing in the world, but it's not, it's not emotionally devastating. If, no. if it's emotionally what? devastating, your path of healing Get off that fucking path. That is not what's that, healing. What's that saying called when they say, um, if it doesn't burn, like it's not working? Oh, yeah. Something like that. Um, 
Yeah, exactly that. You feel the burn? Like, no, bitch, if you feel the burn, like, that's not good. Yeah, there's actually better patterns for our bodies to get into so that they don't go through this, like, whole breakdown and rebuild cycle. Like, there's a way to keep ourselves fit that's not making yourselves miserable. But nobody teaches that because people have learned that no pain, no gain, right? Like that's just really a live meme in our heads. And so we don't go the path where it's like, listen, we're going to listen to your body. We're going to correct structural patterns of movement or patterns of eating. And then you get to eat whatever you desire, you know, by through correcting the pattern, you know, everything will be okay. People don't want to believe that. They want to pay for somebody to beat them the fuck up, give them all these pills, because obviously the pill will be the magic thing that makes everything better. I don't get it, but that's how it works. (laughs) Because they don't want to do the work. It's that part for me, sis. Like it's literally like not wanting to address the root cause. It's like, just make it so this symptom goes away. Just, I mean, I, I was there too. That's why I was like, hmm, I want to function. You know, at the end of the day, Shiana, like all of us have not wanted to do the work in some area of our life. And so we've outsourced our authority to someone else. We've outsourced our power. We've looked to somebody else to give us the answers, to tell us what to do, to, you know, say, here's the right thing. And then good girl, once you've done it, right? Like we've all done that. We've all looked for that. And Ultimately, what I think your story like is pointing at is if you're not willing to trust your own body, you could be spinning and spinning and spinning and no one's listening to you and and die. You could be dying while you continue to think you can't trust yourself. Mm -hmm. They'll just manipulate you. Yeah. Especially when you're already in that vulnerable situation where you're not feeling like you can do it yourself or there isn't a natural way and you're feeling like totally lost. It's like that's the moment where anybody, whether it's a doctor or a fucking cult leader or just an ideologue wants to like grab your brain and convince you this is how you got to do it. You know, you're really susceptible to that when we're feeling so insecure and just desperate for um ease you know like we'll we'll sacrifice the solution just give me some ease right now and a lot of our ease comes from like a doctor telling us like this is We've all that you need to yes exactly we have been taught that they know more than we do about yeah. our own bodies and it's just not fucking true uh, i'm gonna say it again that's just not fucking true There is no one who can know your body more than you. Yeah, might they know the order of sequences and know all the fancy names? Yeah, maybe they could. But guess what? If you're willing to be still and be with yourself, you can feel everything that's happening without knowing its scientific, quote unquote, Latin name. You know, it's like... I can feel what's going on in my body and I can feel when something someone says to me is not correct for me. Cause for me personally, medication is not the way that I go. I don't, I don't vax. 
I don't take antibiotics. Not to say I haven't done either of those things, but now as a sovereign woman who has a relationship with her body, I do not choose these things because my body says they're not correct for me. Not because I've got the right data and I'm not here to convince you to make a certain choice. I just offer my information if people are curious, but ultimately, ultimately I make the choices that are true for my body. And especially with what we're dealing with right now, the whole Roe v. Wade thing, something that I just want to say, and because also because 4th of July was yesterday is like real sovereignty is not a case by case thing. It's all the way, all the time. I have the right to make whatever choice about my body. And you don't have that right over my body. You never did. You never did. You never did. And therefore, y'all, our sovereignty is not up for grabs unless we think it is. Everybody right now, like, crying over this whole case. And I'm just like, no one took anything from you. Like, what are you crying about? What? We're good. Why, why are you, why, why are you allowing that story to exist where like they tell you that? Well, ultimately, Shiana, it's, it's where we both were at a certain point in our journey where we thought other people knew. I have, mm-hmm. if I want to terminate a pregnancy, I have to have someone who knows how this works better than me, more capable than me, more powerful than me. They have to do it for me. When, Menstrual extraction has been widely known by feminist circles since the 70s, and women all across the planet have been coming up with solutions for this, you know, difficult decision for thousands and thousands of years. Ultimately, you know, I'm not here to be responsible for anybody's emotions. You want to have your feelings about Ruby Wade? You have your feelings about it. And I honestly support you and your feelings because ultimately I don't believe in our sovereignty being taken away. But what I also don't believe is that they just destroyed all of your healthy, safe options because, you know, there were feminists in the seventies who were like, yeah, we're not going to like fuck all of these women off to back alley abortions. We're going to create women's circles and women's groups. And we're going to bring this difficult decision into the living room, not the fucking back alley. And I, I cannot handle what I can't handle is people just constantly regurgitating that rhetoric of, Oh, everybody's going to be having to go to the back alleys when they haven't even educated themselves to recognize there are other ways. There are other ways. We are free. This is your body. This is your fucking body. Nobody can tell you what the fuck to do with it unless you let them tell you. Exactly. I'm just like, why are you guys, what are you guys yelling about? Stop. Stop. Dude, ultimately, I believe, I believe this was a a tactic of of the Democratic Party, actually, they're like, let's give them Roe v. Wade because then the Republicans won't come out to vote for the midterms. Mm-hmm. It's all games. It's all games they play. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was just another way to just suck energy for something. And, oh, everything is a siphoning act. All they want to do is extract our life force and then direct it towards what they want us to be looking at. Mm-hmm. Period.
but oh, cannot just I've been just <laughs> just seeing it all week, and I'm just like, at first I was triggered by everyone being triggered. Yeah, and I'm just like, really, guys, really, like this one though, like no, and that's why I was just like, anyways. <laughs> Ultimately, you know, I think as a whole, as a generality, especially American humans are just addicted to the drama chemicals. And mm-hmm. this is what the media preys on. They, like we were talking about earlier, you know, your body's already in this state of inflammation from the standard American diet, which literally says sad, LOL. <laughs> we're already super inflamed from that. And so what do they do? They create media that is also inflammatory. They create inflammatory emotional content that is designed to put our bodies and our systems into fight or flight. And so once you're already dealing with inflammation in your body and now you're emotionally inflamed, guess what? Right after the break, which is always fucking fast food commercials or uh, a medication commercials, you know, like in the United States, where they're like the, one of the only countries that can actually advertise medication. That's a whole other fucking story. But like the reason, dude, it is the realist. Like you can't advertise to consumers medications. That's for doctors and doctors to talk to with their specific patient. But here in the United States, you can hear about a drug on your living in your living room and then go talk yeah. to your doctor about it. So that's a whole other fucked up thing. But the way the whole like news cycle works, it's like, let's get you all inflamed emotionally and then we'll sell you a bunch of products that would numb that mm-hmm. and continue the cycle. And do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Because that's a capitalistic system for you, baby. You find something that works. You keep pressing that button until everyone is dead. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Didn't realize I was going to go on that rant in particular, but that must have been needed because there she is. Oh, believe me, I have been wanting to talk about it myself. And so actually what I did was, I guess you could say like sometimes when I want to talk about things on my page, but I don't want to exactly be the one to say it, I would just bait someone else to do it. <laughs> and I don't care what they said because yeah. I feel like saying that, but I don't feel like. So yeah. I kind of did. I kind of did that in a way where I was talking about something. I'm trying to remember what I was talking. I was just talking about moving or something like that. Where yeah. like I'm free to do what I want. The government can't tell me what to do or whatever. And I yeah. was like, they don't. They they just you're free. Like go do whatever you want. Like they don't have jurisdiction over you. And I said it in a way that kind of tied in with the whole Roe versus Wade thing. Yeah. Because I knew that somebody would see it and be like, speaking of blah, 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 (laughs) and I was like, yes, gotcha. And so they wrote this whole, they wrote a beautiful message about how, you know, women, in order for us to like take back our control, we just need to take back our knowledge and like be the example and spread the knowledge to other women about all these things. And like, we don't need the government. That is the key. And this is where I move from in my life. And it's why, you know, I didn't start like trying to educate everybody about food. I turned to my sister who is having health issues 
and being like, listen, I'm on this path and it's changing me. It is utterly changing me. And I believe that this is supportive. And if you feel like it's true for you, try it. And I gave you the information. And then I was like, hands off with you because I trust you as a sovereign woman to discover and explore things on your own. And I know, you know, I'm here for you that if you have questions, right? Like this is what we need to do with each other is just when we get into a deeper relationship with an aspect of our life and we hear the people that we're closest to, especially the women that we're closest to speaking on these things or having issues in that same area, share what you know, share what you've learned, share the medicine that you have discovered. And from there, you know, we will actually create healing bonds instead of trauma bonds. This is real community. It's being willing to share our resources, saying this is what has helped make me healthy, happy, prosperous. Let me share this with you. Because if you're not willing to eat rich, well, then bitch, (laughs) your health ain't gonna be. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's kind of a good way that we can lead into the rest of the story, too. Let's do that. When... When I did start eating, because you shared it with me, yeah. right? Yeah. And you you did a similar thing. You, like, gave me the information and you were hands-off. Yeah. And, and unless I had questions, then you would answer some of my questions that I had and, like, send me whatever resources I needed. And, you know, I started eating that way. And I think within, like, a month, I want to say, it only took a month. Yep. And I felt like... I don't even know like the words for it, but like, it's like resolution, like the word that I could use for it, because it wasn't even just like a physical resolution for me. It was also mental because, you know, I, people kept saying there was something wrong with me. They kept saying that I was sick and they, they, they convinced me that I had this disease and they kept saying I would. You know, like all these different things come into play. Like when I changed my diet and I couldn't eat certain foods and then people would be like, well, you have to eat the weird food. And do we need to make the weird food for the person who has the weird diet? And it's like all these stories came in because I was told that I was sick that did not belong to me. Yeah. I just. All this shit, just all the jokes about the gluten and the, oh, you can't eat that, or this will make her sick, or be careful for her, and she's she's the one who's auto-compromised, and, you know, like, watch out, and just all this shit, just all this shit, it's just, I, I, I was eating that way for a month, and, like, the stuff just stopped, it went away, like, I wasn't having IBS anymore, I wasn't having diarrhea after every meal, I wasn't feeling fatigued for no reason. I wasn't I wasn't breaking out in hives. Yeah. Eating a piece of fruit from the grocery store. Like I I wasn't I wasn't having devastatingly cramping periods anymore. Like yeah. I I just like and not only did all of that stuff stop, but like I felt better than I had ever felt even like before I was actually really sick. Because we grow up eating this shit. Yeah. And it's 
it doesn't really start to take hold of you until like, you know, 10, 15 years down the road because it takes time yes. to break your body down. This is, they, I got to just put this in real quick. They say in Ayurveda, like Ayurvedic medicine, the first step of disease is accumulation. So there's a long period of time that you have to do something before you start to see the ill effects. Like if we immediately felt stinging pain every time we ate something processed, we'd learn really quickly, but I'm, well, Fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know how you want to look at it. Our bodies are so goddamn adaptable. They want to survive. They not only that, they want to thrive and they are built to do so. So it actually takes a really long time of accumulating shit in the system before the system starts breaking down. Yep. And I and I didn't know that until, you know, I started learning more about this yeah. stuff. All it just made so much sense. Everything made so much fucking sense. And I was just like, there's nothing, there was never anything wrong with me. I wasn't sensitive. I wasn't allergic to all the foods. No. I wasn't this or that. Like, I just, I was so tired of people treating me that way when, like, I deep down felt like it couldn't have been me. Like, I just, I was like, there's no way that, like, I was eating bread. I was eating a fucking sandwich when I was a kid. And now I eat a sandwich and like, there's something wrong with me. Like, there's just no way that that's okay. Like, yeah. and now I finally see it. Like the food is poison. The food is not food. And when you accumulate all these toxins in your body, you're yeah. going to get sick. The toxins are food. Yes. And I, I mean, and another thing I honestly thought about too this is like slightly off topic, but maybe on topic for some people who are listening to this and make pottery. I probably also had heavy metal poisoning from like sticking my hand in um, chemicals and stuff all the time. And so yeah. I was doing that. And then I was eating toxic chemical foods that I didn't even like a lot of these foods that are considered healthy for you have added things in it yeah. that we don't even know is messing with us. We, we, we don't, people aren't looking at the back of the box when they're going to the grocery store. And even if they do, they don't know what half that shit is. I know. And so it doesn't even cross their mind that it could fucking give them cancer. That part. And that's like, if that's my thing is like, if people just knew if they were, if they were just informed, yeah. they could make a different decision. And so, I was missing the information. Yeah. I think that it's major, you know, I mean, like learning about the defense chemicals in plants changed my life, right? Like that was a core piece that without that, I never would have like, it wouldn't have opened me up. It sent all together. Exactly. It was literally that missing link. And, you know, a lot of us are on a journey of some kind, whether it's a health journey or an emotional healing journey or whatever. And ultimately, you know, you have to go on your seeking journey. You have to go looking for your answer, you know, and ultimately until you find that peace, you will not feel peace. You know, like you were saying, like what, 
you got out of all of this was that, that feeling of resolution of knowing, no, I am a healthy, perfectly normal working woman who simply did not have the right nutrition. I simply wasn't getting the nutrients that I required for my body to fucking function. Well, that's it. If I correct that, everything Everything is perfect. Everything's perfect. I'm a flowing, but it's more than fine. Yeah. That part. I know know what fine is like too. You know, I thought thought fine was good, but then there's perfect. There's like fucking flying. And when you're flying, then you can't go back. Then you can't go back. You know, like, I, you know, for me, I'm at the point in my journey where like metabolic flexibility is important to me. Right. So I do like occasionally have the sourdough bread. Right. I do occasionally go out to eat right. and go yeah. to the place where people all want to go. You know, but now my body is so clean, clear of all the toxic load. I just get to feel in real time, what that food feels like. And I can, then I have the opportunity to make my sovereign choice next time. I'm like, okay, was eating cake with my friends for the birthday, was it worth it? Because I feel like shit the next day, you know? But there are certain things like having a celebratory glass of champagne that for me always feels good. And it always feels true because I save that for celebration, joy is surrounding it. And the energy that I'm like consuming that alcohol in feels totally good to me. And so there are things that some people might be like, oh, you know, you can't drink any alcohol ever or never have any bread. You know, we're not, we're not like advocating a rigid fucking life. Yeah. That's, that's something that really gets to me too, to be honest, is like, People that want to talk to me about it think that I only eat eggs or think that I only eat a steak or think that I never partake in a glass of alcohol or yeah. think that I never go out to eat. Or, yeah. Like, I absolutely go out to eat. If I go out to eat, I will get something that is within what I eat, which yeah. honestly isn't that bad to do. No. I go out that hard. I eat steaks and fish and <laughs> <laughs> burgers. There's lots of options. There's lots I, to eat out there. I, I I still eat some vegetables. Like I will boil my potatoes and make fries, or I'll boil my potatoes and roast them. Yeah, I'll have I'll have white rice, things like that. Like it's not it's not as restrictive as everyone says it is, and it's also not a diet. It's no, just it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, and you're just choosing to take care of your body in the cleanest way. And eat the most nutrient-rich foods. That, for me, is what it's about. You know, like, ultimately, if somebody were to ask me, hey, Jennifer, like, what do you want in your life? For the longest time, I would have said love because that's what I've cared about since I was a small child. And now that I'm, like, with the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, it's, like, the only things I care about are having a peaceful and prosperous life. And so for me, I make choices that help me embody that peace and invest into that channel of prosperity. So for me to make the cheapest decision about food or to eat the least, you know, or any of these kinds of 
ways that I used to operate, you know, cause I used to be a cheapskate when it came to food. Now my, my food bill is the highest, the highest, except for my rent at this point, because me and my boyfriend live in a great house in Denver, you know? So it's like, it's expensive to live here, but not by much is my food bill. And you know what? Every dollar that I spend on highly nutritional, rich food, I, I just, I feel the, the purity of that decision. I know a lot of people don't like that word, but for me, it's the truest. I just feel like, yes, I am in alignment with my values. I am making the choices that are true to what I care about. Like I'm not investing in shit I don't agree with. I'm making a choice for my health, my well-being, and to be able to overflow. Like, because if I am not feeling good as someone who is here to support others, like that's how my gift expresses. It's like, here, let me offer my tools, my resources. Let me mirror my experiences. Exactly. I gotta be on my fucking game or I'll go through what almost all healers do, which is give a little burnout for a long time. Give a little burnout for a long time. I did that for a while. And once I finally got my, my lifestyle dialed in, like the lifestyle that's true to me, eating rich nutritional foods, like spending time outdoors, getting the sunshine every single day, putting my fucking feet on the bare, like on the ground, bare feet on the ground. You know, just these things that we've been disconnected from for so long in civilized society. Once I return to those things, uh, I'm like just happy for no reason. And it brings me to like that, you know, who Wim Hof is, right? Yeah. He always said, yeah, yeah, the the ice man. He always says that like healthy humans are happy humans. Everything else is bullshit. Like if you're healthy, you'll be happy. If you're healthy, you'll be prosperous. If you're healthy, you'll be peaceful. Like period. These are just the natural states of a human being. But we're so disconnected from that that we think Lack is the the natural order of things and apocalypse is like our reality when really those are just, that is the externalized fear of bodies that are undernourished. Mm-hmm. Like we think everything's a catastrophe. Why? Because our cells internally are like, it's a catastrophe in here. <laughs> Another thing I want to bring up too is the whole like genetics thing while we're talking about this. Because- yeah, let's bring it in. Um, I was, of course, told that a lot of my issues were genetic. Oh, as you know, your parents, your dad was an alcoholic and your mom was a drug addict and you were born a crack baby. So that's why you have these issues. And it's like, okay, yeah, I was born a crack baby, but like, that's not why. Like, no, no, genetics, it's, it's like all these people say, you know, genetics, like load the gun. But the diet is what controls everything else. Like what you're eating is what's going to control whether or not you're going to have these illnesses. Yeah, literally that. And like, honestly, the genetic, I cannot believe that people in the medical industry are still making that point when epigenetics rewrote the book on this. Like 
Genes, genes have switches on, off, expressed or unexpressed. And it's our lifestyle. It is our environment. It's the care or the nurturing that we get or don't get internally and externally that starts switching the switchboard. And if you have the right combination of things turned off and the right combination of things turned on, certain things are going to happen in your body. But the beauty of that is if you change the input, you will change the output. These are not permanent switches. They're adaptable. I try to tell people this too. And it's just, it's, it's an argument that I hear a lot or an excuse that I hear a lot is, well, it's genetic and you know, my mom had this and that's why. And I'm just like, yeah, but like genetics though, that's not really why. So maybe like, don't buy into that one. Yeah. And it's also, if that was true. Like I'd be really fucked up right now. That, that, that's major, you know, like I, heredity is something to, to, to bring your awareness to something. Like if cancer has been in your family, like cancer has been in my family, it's made me aware. It's made me aware of health issues, but you know what? At the baseline because my mother always told me this she's like you know a bitter heart will kill you faster than an unhealthy lifestyle you know like that's the true unhealthy lifestyle is being resentful and unexpressed and bitter and angry and feeling like a victim of the world and feeling like everybody's out to get you this will kill you faster it just will so Let's let let go of the genetic thing. Do, do let me just ask anybody who's listening: Do you want to agree to a universe in which things are completely out of your agency? Do you want to say yes to a universe in which you do not have the sovereignty to make different choices in your life and get different results? If we don't want that, if we don't want that to be the universe, then why would you believe in that universe? We have to pop out for many people, I think. I think so too. Ultimately, it's like, because it's easier to say like, I'm already fucked. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to take responsibility for myself. Yep. Mm. I have absolutely been there. (laughs) I have too. You know, I remember when I was like, I guess 28, that's when I really had, I mean, of course, Saturn's return. That's when responsibility, like, hit me like Saturn, like running into my face. It was just like, Hey bitch, all of the shit in your life is because you won't take responsibility for these things. If you would just do that, you wouldn't have to worry about all this shit you're worrying about. You wouldn't have to juggle all these problems you think you have because all of this is is negligence on your part. You haven't stepped into who you are as a true original human being. Oh, that is perfect. It's the perfect lead up. The perfect lead up to where we're at in the story. Yes. It's how I was not taking responsibility for who I was. Mm. So where we left off was, you know, I healed and everything. Yeah, I felt great. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I wouldn't even say healed because healing takes a lot. Like there's you still began, probably some stuff. Yes, you began the I, healing process. You were on the path of coming back into balance. Yes. Um, and so like I feel great now and I don't have issues and I'm not in the hospital and stuff. Um, but then I had this other pressing issue where like I was 
suffocating myself, I guess. And, you know, I wanted to tell people about the way I was eating too. And I was kind of like, I would mention it in my classes when I was teaching pottery classes. Like people would, you know, ask me like, oh, how come you don't drink coffee anymore? And why do you always eat this and that? And, you know, I would answer questions and stuff. People would even ask me like, why do you stop shaving? And just just everything. I wanted to know all the weird stuff. So I was talking to people there, but I, I did, I wanted to say something online too, but like, I really didn't know how, because I, I had a pottery page, you know, I was sharing art and I, I wholeheartedly believed in what I was doing, but I wasn't really sure how to bring that to people without ruffling the feathers. And so I don't know. I kind of left it alone and I didn't talk so much about diet stuff. I might've shared something here and there from like heart and soil. Like I reposted here and there, but I didn't say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really until I moved to New York that I opened my fat mouth. And I believe that it had to happen that way because when I taught at the pottery studio, you know, I would see people every day who followed me on Instagram. Yeah. And so I felt like, I guess for me, I wasn't able to say such controversial things and also be confronted by all these people in person yeah. that were following me and like taking my classes and talking about pottery every day. Like it just, I wasn't able to do it. And so after I moved to New York, and I was away from all of those people who were calling me anti-vaxxer and all of these things every day. That's when I kind of lost it because I had gone into Whole Foods. And I never wore a mask in there because, you know, I've, I'm not vaccinated or whatever. And I never believed in any of that stuff. So, like, it wasn't it didn't ring true for me. So I wasn't going to participate in something that was not true for me. Yeah. I didn't know why I should. So I, I, I never wore a mask when I went in the store. But I think I realized that every time I walked in, I was also looking for other people who were not wearing a mask. Because yeah. I was like trying to find the other people yeah. who felt the way that I did. I wanted to be... I wanted to feel safe and like validated in my decision to not do it, even yeah. though I wasn't going to do it anyways, you know, yeah. so I just wanted someone to, to be with me in doing this, like, cause it was such a big deal at the time to not wear one. Oh yeah. Was. Yeah. And so I, I realized then because I had walked into the store every time looking for the others that like people online were probably doing the same thing. Like they were trying to find the other people who like recognized what was happening and the madness of it all. And like, they just didn't want to feel crazy and alone. And so I was feeling choked out online because I was posting about art and not like, like I said, in the beginning of this podcast, I'm actually really opinionated. Yeah. And, um, Sometimes I don't let that shine through for whatever reason. Um, I don't know. I don't always like being opinionated, if that makes sense. Oh, 
I live, I live that reality, you know, where it's like, God, I just wish I didn't have so many opinions, you know, because that would be way more convenient for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really like that my truth inconveniences people, but you know, it doesn't enough for everyone. So what are you going to do? That part. And so I came back from the store that day and I was feeling really tight. Like my throat felt tight and my chest uh-huh. felt tight and uh-huh. like ch- literally being choked. And that's when I knew I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to have to come out and be like, let everybody know that I'm not vaccinated. And I think this whole thing is ridiculous because like the opinionated woman in me is like getting really pissed off that I went this long without saying letting anything. People, yeah. Like letting people basically think that I'm something I'm not because I'm presenting myself in a way that I'm not. I'm, I literally created an entire world online based on somebody who I kind of made up. <laughs> Kind of, magic yeah. trick. It was a great magic trick, Shiana. It was. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, re, coming to the realization that I was doing that was really hard. But anyways, so I went online that day and I posted a meme. I was like, I'm not going to do anything too crazy. Let me just put something real light out there and kind of get a feel for what they're going to do. Yeah. And so I posted a meme of... It was a picture of all these people in a crowd, like walking down the street, and they all had their masks on. Yeah. And it said something about how you guys wouldn't know tyranny if it like slapped you on the face and forced a vaccine on you and made you get a passport and all this stuff. And I shared it, and I was like, I was like pounding, racing, and I'm like, oh my god, I just posted this thing. Everybody's gonna get mad at me. Here we go. Yes. I was getting ready for a fucked up ride. And, like, it didn't even take, like, one minute, dude, before the messages started rolling in. The first one was this woman who'd been following me for so long. And she had written this long thing about how she was so disappointed in me. Because I never thought that you would do this. And you know that you're compromising other people by not blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, lady. First of all, you don't know what you're talking about and you're repeating a lot of stuff you saw on TV. That part. Second of all, you don't know me and you just made up a story in your head about who I was and so that's why you're mad about what I'm not. Yes. Like your (laughs) your projection of me just shattered. That's why you're mad. Literally, this is the only time people are mad at me these days, apparently. They have this idea of me being the good spiritual person or the like super supportive mentor. And when it turns out like I'm not that, they're just like, oh my God, why did you support everything that I do? I'm like, because that's not my job. Yeah. It's actually not my job. Yep. Your idea of what I'm supposed to do, that's that's what you came to me to work out. You know, (laughs) that's obviously, you know, our expectations on each other. This is what's making us all feel so devastated. And we could just like get out of that devastation by like recognizing that everyone is actually super unique, has their own very valid life experiences that leads them to value 
you know, in general, especially about the whole COVID thing, like people, the, the two camps were like people who value freedom and people who value safety. And ultimately it's like, based on your childhood experiences, like it might make total sense for you to value safety more, or it might make total sense for you to value the freedom more. Ultimately, like neither one of us is wrong to care about what we care about. Where we're wrong is to impose what I care about onto you. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. That, that is what I got. That is what I got. I, it was just, to be honest, like the experience was really incredible. Like it made me sad back then, but when I'm looking at it now, it's like an experience that I would never take back. It's just so wild. Like yeah. I, my, my DMs were like full of, messages from people telling me that I was a child murderer yeah. and that I should, I should die and I had all these people unsubscribing from my newsletter every time I would send it out to like make a sale they would be like I'm not they would actually take the time to write the reason why they unsubscribed instead of just saying like I gotta go they were like I'm not subscribed to this anymore because this person's not vaccinated and they're hurting other people and it was like this long thing and like every time I would send a newsletter and I would get her a thing like that, and it would make me cry and it would hurt me. Yeah. Because it's not who I am. Yeah. I feel, I feel even more sad for the people who are just like flat out manipulated. Like that makes me sad. Yeah. But like at the same time, I'm glad I did it because like the experience of it was, it was just so unique. I don't know. Um, I mean, when, when is that ever going to happen to me again? You know? <laughs> yeah, dude, as you were sharing that, I immediately thought like how many people will ever realize that they can survive like a public outcry like that, you know? Cause like, I remember in 2017, maybe 2018, oh, 4th of July. Oh my God. It was 4th of July. Uh, there is a, a, a popular witch on Instagram who reposted me in her stories because she didn't like something that I said on her thread calling me a Nazi and like trying to rally all these people uh, to cancel me because I'm a Nazi apparently. And um, all I can say was that was really hard to go through. And it was all I thought about for a long time. You know, I mean, our, our brains are wired to be social, like seeking for social acceptance. So, what I also want everybody to hear, because there will probably be people who are like, I didn't realize Jennifer was not vexed, you know, listening to this. I'm sure that this will like open some people up. And all I have to say is like, you know, if somebody is going to do something that is against the grain, you need to fucking understand that that is actually totally against our evolutionary biology. So it must fucking matter to us, period. Like, just hold that. You know, if somebody is going to do something that could get them public ridicule, you better believe it's important to them because we are wired to seek acceptance, approval, validation, connection, and belonging, period. That's what we're designed to seek out. And what we're both hovering around is how these huge decisions in our lives are such polarizing issues in the world now. 
And the reason why it's important for us to share our stories is because they are true for us. End of story. They are true for us. And there's, there's people out there who are looking, like you said, you were in the Whole Foods, looking for the others, looking to be like, I'm not crazy. Am I this just, you know, to do this thing or to do that thing like that everybody wants me to do is a no in my body. And what I am here to do is stand as an example of Bitch, you can say no to everything you are a no to in your body. And guess what? If you're a yes to something, no governing agency can stop you from doing it. Like your body is actually ungovernable. Stop behaving as if it is because that's when you feel powerless. If If you take, make the choice to be sovereign and to realize the power that you have to make your own choices and to stand alone in that choice if need be, knowing that, yeah, it might hurt, but guess what? I won't die. That is the most empowering place to stand in. Because like you were just saying, like to go through that experience, that changed you forever. That that made you realize how strong you are. It it. And I even said it to people too. I was like, there is no fucking way that I would ever come on here and talk about stuff like this if it wasn't so fucking important. Like, I would, I'm not. Like, you fucking, those of you that have been following my page for years and years, like, you know, I don't come on here and do bullshit. Like, you don't shit post ever. No, never. So the fact that I'm coming on here to risk my entire reputation reputation and my business yeah to do this is like it was everything and then on top of that i got shot on too and i was like that just should tell you how important it is that i'm still gonna do it even after people shot on me and called me a fucking murder and like all these every day like i was getting threat messages and emails and people telling me that i was a danger to society and then I needed to stop sharing the information that I was sharing. And I was just like, bitch, I'm going to do it anyways. Like, that that's, how, that's, it means so much. Like, this is, I, I just felt like I was making pottery. And I was like, if you're making pottery, great, great. Like, art is important. But, like, for me, there was something so much bigger that I needed to do than make pottery. Yeah. There's so much going on in the world. And if I were to just be there trying to get you to buy a mug while this is happening, like, I can't. That part. I can't. Even if I need money, like, I cannot do that. And that's why I was just like, hey, guys, this shit's really fucked up. And I mean, like, have you noticed? I know it must be somebody else around here. Like, so I came out with it. And, you know, people were obviously really pissed off and they hated me or whatever. But I kept doing it. Um, Some people got really curious. And that's why I stayed. Because of the small small amount of people that were curious about it. There was a large amount of people that were watching it. And I don't think they wanted to know. But they still were just... They just wanted to see what was happening. So they looked too. But the genuine amount of people was what got me. And so then they started asking me... You know, once they found that I wasn't vaccinated and they were claiming that I was going to hurt people or whatever, that I was like, 
I was like, no, I'm not going to hurt people because natural immunity. And I started talking about how, you know, I've been eating a certain way and it had been keeping me healthy. And so that's why I was not able to contract the virus ever. Like I, I was a teacher at the time and I taught students, like I taught a group of 12 every six weeks. It was a different group. Yeah. And multiple times when I taught those classes, there were people in there that had COVID and they like had to drop out in the middle of the class. And when you're teaching, uh, you're up like in people's faces, like really close, especially with pottery, you're bending down, yeah. touching their hands, you're touching their clay, like it's, you're, you're all over. You're immersive, yes. And I never got sick because I took care of my body. I never got it from them. My body was strong to catch that. So I would tell people that too, because they would be like, well, you have autoimmune diseases. So like, you're going to, you're compromised and you need to stay inside because you're going to, you're going to be the one of the first people to get it. And I was like, I didn't believe in that at the time because I had looked at everything you looked at and I was like, I'm straight. <laughs> I don't. I don't think what you're saying is accurate, like at all. And, you know, I even had my dad, uh, which still is like weird to me to this day, but like he tried to bribe me to get the vaccine by saying that he would pay all of my medical bills that I had from that surgery if I would just get the vaccine because he was so concerned that I was going to get sick with the diseases that I have. And... I really had to fight that one off and be like, no, I and like, like the money would be cool, but like, no, yeah, I, but not. what is that? Like anytime that we do something that we don't want to do for money, it's like, I couldn't believe it. I just could just couldn't even believe that that was a thing, but like, that was another weird thing that I went through. Um, and so, well, you know what? I think this also has to do with a part of like, um, literally the media misleading people and convincing the American public that this vaccine actually kept transmissions from happening. And we know that's completely false. Yeah. So if, if that were true, then I guess they'd have some leg to stand on with the argument of like, it's about protecting other people. But I'm like, once it came out that that was, that's not even what vaccines are designed to do. I was like, how are we still totally bought in to this story? Because it doesn't make sense. This is basically like saying like, you better wear your life jacket or else the one I'm wearing won't work. Yep. That, that it's illogical. And that's the sad thing that I'm coming more and more in contact with these days is that what I really realize is driving everybody internally insane is that they hold like incongruent pieces of logic, like things that don't make any sense. And they're holding them as true because they heard some celebrity say it, or they've heard just everybody speaking on it for the past two years or whatever. They've heard one narrative and now it's so ingrained in them that they're keeping lies and illogical arguments in their bodies and that drives you insane and then you you regurgitate that and fight for it without even understanding anything you're saying that part it's just you you become a voice box for the machine and this is not 
I'm not trying to shade anybody. I'm not trying to be a dick right now. I'm really not. I'm just saying my truth all the way, finally, because I haven't said it all the way, you know? And I'm at a point now, you know, this fucking weekend, after my first round of this new temple of embodiment happened, you know how it goes. Every single week, there's some huge breakthrough and some shit you've never done before. Now you're doing. And I sent a couple of messages this weekend that I just previously, I did not have the balls to send, but they were so true. And I had gotten so clear on it and I wasn't charged about it anymore. And I was like, you know what? Now's the time I need to say my piece and this is gonna, this is gonna hurt some feelings. I know this is gonna have, you know, a negative impact yeah. on these people, but ultimately it's for the, it's for the ultimate good. Because if I just choke on the negative thing and I'm not willing to say what's true about my experience, then who the fuck am I? You know, like what, what am I doing here? If I'm not able to say the uncomfortable truth, then I'm a fucking fraud and a phony. I'm a fucking kook. And that's not who Jennifer Joseph came to be in this lifetime. I'm not a fucking kook. So I'm going to say what's true for me. I'm not going to make it true for you. I'm just going to speak what's true for me because that's the only way to live an aligned life. You've got to be willing to say what's true, you know? And for me, and most people that I know, most of the bitches that I fuck with, we all believe that freedom is the real idea worth dying for. You know, it's like the only one that's actually love also, but the freedom to, you have to have freedom to love, you know, yeah. to be able to accept everybody. Everybody has to be able to make their choices freely. So that's really that what's worth standing up for in this life. I'm not here to make anybody who's listening to this feel better. I am here to support possibilities. I am here to offer all the resources that I've learned and to share my experiences. Cause I've had a lot of fucking experiences, a lot of fuck ups, a lot of falling down on my faces. I've started my life over like a dozen fucking times. That's because I've gone out and fucking lived some shit. And at this point in my life, it's just not worth not saying the thing that you know is true, period. I had, I had like the exact same feelings when I had come out about it. Like I just, I was like, dang, have I been phony with myself or what? Like, really? Really now? Yeah. Shit. Shit. It was heavy. It was heavy for me to like, to deal with the fact that I had lied and hid parts away yeah other people and it's like yeah i get why i did it i know i had trauma and all that stuff but it still doesn't really change the hurt and like the trail that you feel towards yourself that you've done it yes that's a real part and that's the that's the part that i'm here like with a full well of compassion overflowing for people with because i know that suffering i know the pain of realizing, oh my God, I've like abandoned these true parts of myself to try and fit in or to try to be loved or to try and belong. And those parts have been away for such a long time. There's a real grief that comes when we come into awareness of that. And, yeah, uh, like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, what have I done or created or? Yeah. So, 
okay, so we were talking about the mask thing. Yep. And the finding of the others and like how that brought you really to recognizing you, you needed to. So I came out with everything and I started talking about it because I was sick of holding it in. And like, you know, I, when this was first happening, I was really scared because I was confused and I didn't know what was going on. And I felt like the majority of what I was seeing from people online was like people were praising it. And they were like, hey, we'll get vaccinated and, you know, wear your mask and all this stuff. And I wasn't seeing anybody say otherwise. Yeah. I wasn't seeing anybody be like, hey, this is kind of weird or, hey, I'm freaked out or, hey, I don't understand this or why this happened. I didn't see anything. So that's why I was just like, Am I, like, the only one thinking this is, like, kind of fucked up or what? And so once I got to talking about the natural immunity part and how, you know, when you take care of your body, you can't have things like that enter in because it's, you're taking care of the terrain, basically. It's the terrain theory versus germ theory. Yeah, this shit yeah. is so powerful. So your terrain is healthy you're not going to have those issues you're not going to your body's not going to be susceptible to contracting those kinds of illnesses um and so i had started explaining that and i had started to explain how i had gotten that way which is the food that i was eating which you yep. know just eat and the raw dairy and the fruit and the honey and avoiding the toxic vegetables and all of that stuff and then you know of course that weirded people out too <laughs> of course like oh you know you're not supposed to eat me and cholesterol that and saturated fat this and that's that and raw this and cow farts are bad for the fucking environment and wow i'm a vegan i'm so offended and like then i had to go through that mess of like people and then they were all they were all freaking out because i said vegetables had chemicals in them and they were like well vegetables are healthy i don't understand like blah 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 so everyone just thought i was really crazy and i a bunch of people started unfollowing me but i stuck around still for the people who were curious you know i i, I was like yeah i think they'll want this so I'm going to keep being weird about it. And so I kept <laughs> And I think I stayed for about a week, basically talking about um, vaccines and immunity and food and diet and like all these different types of scams and things like that. And then after a while, I kind of felt like it was time to leave. Like I felt like I made my point. Yeah. For those who are interested, they would probably follow me if I left. And I also felt a little bit exhausted of, like, being beaten up for no reason. Yeah. Like, like uh, I can take a beating, but after a while, I was just like... Do you need to? <laughs> yeah, I feel, like, I feel like I'm kind of over these messages. Yeah. They're not hurting my feelings anymore. Like, I just don't want them. You know? Just yeah. Didn't. So... I was like, hey guys, I'm leaving now. <laughs> and at first I I thought about like just leaving Instagram altogether. I think about that every so often. Yeah, I get that. But then I was like, yeah, you know, that wouldn't really be helpful. It wouldn't 
I don't know. And, pe- and then people were like, just make another page. And, you know, well, we'll we're interested. We want to know. Like, don't leave. We want to know about the food thing. Hang on. This is interesting. Like, they were all curious. And so I made the other page. And I said, fuck it. I, I, I knew when I did that that my financial system that I had going on was going to get fucked up. I knew that people were going to get confused. And I knew that like, I just knew that when I did that, it was going to, there was going to be like a big cause and effect. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be willing to basically undergo whatever was going to come out of it. And I dealt with it. I guess I, you know, I, I lost sales. Um, and because people didn't want to buy from an unvaccinated person anymore. And wow. they were literally telling me that. And then I did something fun where I like, someone wanted to return a cup to me, like, cause I hadn't shipped it out yet, but they had bought it already. And they're like, I don't want this anymore because you're not vaccinated. And so I was like, okay, I'll refund you. And I, I put the mug back up and I named it the unvaccinated Stein. <laughs> One of like <laughs> on the new page that like loves, you know, everything I was talking about. They're like, oh, absolutely. I want this. Dude. Okay. If I have learned anything recently is like, I actually don't want the money of somebody who, if they knew all of my values, wouldn't want to pay me. Like, I don't want your money, bitch. I really don't. Like, you can have it back. I don't want to fuck with people who, like, need me to be a certain way for them to value my wisdom, which is funny because if you pay me already, you already are saying you value my wisdom. But, like, the idea that, like, I have to think a certain way about the Roe v. Wade thing or the vaccine thing or eating animal products. Like if I've got to agree with you about that for my wisdom to be valid, then listen, I just don't even want to fuck with someone like that. I don't want their money. I don't want their energy. I don't want their attention. I would love to know who you are so I can block you. Honestly, (laughs) I really refunded her so fast. I honestly, she's, she wrote me this super, super long email. And I honestly think she thought that I was going to respond to it. And, like, tell her all this stuff about how she was wrong. And I was just like, I'll give you your money back. And I'll sell it to somebody else as an unvaccinated mug. Because, like, okay, cool. Thank you for sh- I'm moving on. <laughs> you leaned into it, too. That's, like, something that's really important for anybody who's listening to this and knows they need to, like, express more of themselves in their lives. It's like, if you just lean into the skid... Like somebody wants to return the item and you're just like, you now brand it as the unvaccinated mug. Like that's, that's brilliant. And somebody who like already vibes with you is going to be like, fuck yeah, give me that Stein. I'll take that shit. And that's what we need to understand. Like what we were talking about earlier in this podcast about being willing to let things go first. This is huge. You've got to be willing to allow a vacuum to happen. You've got to be willing to lose the followers, lose the friendships, lose the whatever. If you actually want your fullest, most expansive life, like there's no getting around that. 
you're going to have to at certain points be like, hey, what you're offering in this relationship doesn't work for me anymore. So I have to say no to you and make space for something else. Yeah. And I mean, the biggest thing is like people think that they know best, but like, I'm sorry, I hate to break it to you, but like the universe kind of knows more. So the part. But like, stop trying to do these things. <laughs> People be working too hard. That's the end, the long and the short of it. People are working too hard, staying too mad, you know, and not recognizing that like eating well. And I hate to say it's so trite like, but thinking good thoughts, like the universe has your back or like that we live in a dimension of love and whether I understand it or not, everything is actually working out for me, you know, to have these kinds of memes in your mind, other than versus like how terrible everything is, you know, yeah. like these are it's the things. It's not easy, but like that shit, I mean, it got me, it got me to where I'm sitting right now, which is inside of an RV, you know, that part. because I had to be like, I had to be like, this is okay. Like the the fact that I just lost all my sales. I mean, I didn't lose all of my sales, but you know, I lost the the bulk of my customers, and I just had the ones left that you know resonated. Yeah, um, and I had to be like, this is this is okay. This is safe. Like I'm held. I'm protected. I'm gonna be caught. Like, amen. It wouldn't be happening if it wasn't supposed to be happening. Like, I would just say so many different things to myself every day about it. And, you know, things eventually started coming together. And I was like, okay, like, this is supposed to happen. Like, everything that just happened is supposed to happen. It is. Yeah. Amen. That's the biggest thing is, like, even if you're in a situation that you don't want to be in, you still have to be like, this is happening and it's happening for me. It's a part of the journey. Like, it's just, I didn't want to go through any of that stuff. Yeah. That's if we consciously had to write down how we'd like the next year to go, we wouldn't have included any of those things that you have gone through. And yet all of those things, they kept leading you to these more and more expanded choices. And now you're living in a reality in which you don't have to rely on pottery to to do what you desire, which that's what so many people use as an excuse. They're like, well, how will I make money? How will I make money? And it's just like, you know what? If you stay stuck in that question, like if you just are like in the energy of, I don't know how I'll make money, like then you don't open yourself up to explore all the different ways that money could flood into your life. Exactly. Because you're just stuck on the one like way of doing it. It's like an old paradigm way of thinking, you know, it's just old and out of date. I think, um, yeah, that whole, the whole thing where I came out and started speaking on shit and then I lost the customers. It really forced me to be in a position where I had to like reevaluate my relationship with money. Yeah. Like I, I realized, you know, that I had been doing this weird thing, like this weird pattern with money. Like I would 
make a lot of money and then I would pay all my bills and spend the money and then the money was gone and then I would steal the money was gone and I'd be like I had to make a bunch of money again and then I would have to pay the bills and they would be gone and then I'd be like I gotta make a bunch of money again so I can pay these bills and there'd there'd always be this like anxiety even about paying the bills because the money was leaving yes you don't want to pay the bills because then the money's gone and then you got to make more and it's this cycle and somewhere in that cycle is when I realized like I'm driving myself crazy being so concerned about the money leaving (laughs) you know what I mean uh yeah I know big time what you mean I was just like, I need to stop having concern about the money leaving. It always leaves. So why why keep having this concern? This is huge for me, Shiana, because in my own, like, you know, deconditioning journey with money, um, what I've really come to recognize is that the majority of us are in a codependent attachment with money. We think it is something that we can own and possess like people in our lives, you know, like, you know, I've taught like that before we become sovereign, we, we're not even capable of real relationships, right? We're just attached to people and attached to things. And that's really the energy that most people come to with money. And they don't realize that this is an energy which you are here to have a relationship with. If you get hooked on having it, holding it, possessing it, that's like an abusive partner. You're trying to like make sure you control this being who is their own thing. Like money is its own essence, its own energy. And we're here to be in right relationship with it because we need it in this realm. It's a requirement. It's a requirement and a tool for us to move around this realm. But if we continue to act like it's this thing that I'm either going to dominate or be victimized by, like where it's an attached, like attachment that we have to it, instead of allowing it to come and go like the people that we truly love, you know, like you and I, we've been really close friends for like what, five, seven years almost. It was like five, six years. Yeah, something like that. And you and I, like, we'll go such a long time without speaking deeply. But then when we get back together, it's like nothing ever ended. And we just, we just enjoy each other in the fullness of each other in the moments that we're present with each other. And then we like live our lives. And we both like constantly are nourished by this connection instead of like, I don't know. I never feel like I owe you a call, you know, like neither one of us has that kind of energy. And I, I think this is the future of relationships, but so many people don't realize that that's the style of relating that we need to practice with all of these things that feel so crazy, like our work and like money. It's like, these are relationships to have, not this thing I have to do to get what I want. You know, that's transactional. And that leaves us feeling like shit about it. Oh, yeah. Completely attached to money. And then I would be completely deflated when it was gone. And it was just, <clears throat> it was destroying me. And I had to figure out, like, 
how can I change my relationship to money? How can I, I don't even know how to trust in money. Like, what can mm. I do? I don't, I don't, I didn't have the trust yet. And so that was a whole journey that I had to go on during, you know, the time when I had made the new page and I basically taking people down that journey, which was, that was super cool. Um, mm. and I'm, I'm still taking them down it, but you know, like when I first, first first took them down it and they were still all like this is crazy but it makes sense and when they when it started to click for them was just like the most beautiful moment for me Hmm. I was just like I did it (laughs) you did it like I I played my fucking part yeah. Like life sent me to like say the things and to like live my truth, you know, and now I'm finally doing it. And it, it just, it feels like something you can't describe. It just. It, it, I wasn't even, I didn't know what was going to come out of it. And like I said, most of the time when I was saying stuff, people thought I was crazy, even though they were like, they knew it was true, but also like, it was so crazy for them. So <laughs> This is that. That's like that's how you know you like like come into your own as like one of the wild ones. People will look at you and be like, "I have no clue what you're saying, but I feel it. I feel it." You know, like I don't. You're kind of crazy, you know. But also, I like it. I like what you're saying. You know, that's that's how you know like the energy is resonating with other people even though the language, they may not get it yet, or we might not be as eloquent as we want to be yet, or whatever the thing is, like, we're starting to learn. Because again, I believe humans are evolving, like we are starting to relearn, remember, whatever you want to say, that we, we communicate most powerfully through energy. It's not about our words. It's not about anything other than the feeling that we're in when we're communicating and when you are speaking from a grounded truth, like that resonates everybody. It's like taking your sword and putting it down into the ground. You know, that truth like is going to vibrate the ground. Everyone is standing on versus me. I'm just holding it up here and like hoping that I don't wobble too much. You know, like this is why some, like a lot of us take really long journeys to get to the point of like fully expressing ourselves because we need to take that time to become grounded in our truth and to finally realize that the truth is the most valuable thing in the world. Actually, Mm -hmm. it's, it's actually the most valuable thing that we have to share with one another because that's our experience. I, I always remember someone had said something to me when I first spoke out about Show something you like to to pay attention to the ones that have been quiet for a really, really long time because they probably have something really important to say. And that was me. Yes. <laughs> I like I was I would say I was quiet on my page. I was quiet about like I never talk about politics if you will like I don't really know what word to use for it other than that like I don't talk about world things that are happening in the world usually world just, issues I don't know just whatever they're calling it these days I don't talk about that stuff I usually just talk about art or I talk about like my life and the silly things that are happening in it and so 
I guess, you know, she had written this long message and said that she had gotten chilled because she felt that I had been waiting. Um, oh, shit. I don't know how to hold and accept, end and accept. Is it end and accept or hold and accept? Wait, what? Someone's in the call. Yeah, and I don't know. It's so confusing the way they have it. Hmm. Where it's like one side says hold and accept and the other side says end and accept. I don't know which one it'll end. <laughs> I think the end and accept would end our call, right? I, I let it I let it ring out. Okay. Well, you know, we can is there another part that you want to like circle into completion with? Because I'm, I'm like at that point where I'm like, I need to eat something. <laughs> I, I hit all of my points for sure. I don't know how to like end it properly, but I did actually get to all of my points. That's so, fucking dope. Yeah. Which I'm happy about because that was the biggest thing is I was like, this would be really silly if I didn't say like all the I, things. Yeah, like all the rest of the things, and we were just like talking and having a good time, which, which is fucking great. Like, I love that for us. But hey, how about this? Okay, if if you could like share one kind of simplified message from the things that you've learned over the past two years, going through, you know, being denied something was wrong with you to misdiagnoses to, you know, doctors not giving you what you were looking for to the naturopath, not even bringing you to where you wanted to go um, to taking this journey with food, real nourishment to finally like opening up that fucking throat chakra and speaking your truth. Like what's something that you've gathered that you feel would be, helpful to other people who are struggling to choose and go down the path that they really feel is true in their body or speak their minds about things? That is a very deep question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would say that you really, really need to fucking go with your gut. Like you got to trust your gut because if I had given in to all the times that people were like oh yeah this is what's wrong with you and this is what they're like telling me what's up with my body and telling me that I'm sick and telling me that it's this and it's not that and it's not this and it's not that and it's like just so much chaos you know and it's like they were all just trying to push me away from what I felt was true mm. I just feel like the most important thing is to get in touch with like how you feel about stuff and don't let anybody like try to convince you that what you feel is not that is my biggest thing is like every corner that I turn people try to invalidate me in some way and I just like I was relentless in believing in what I felt instead of what I was hearing wow that's beautiful. Oh. All right, Shiana, if people wanted to find you on Instagram, what's your new page's name? My new page is, I'm pretty sure it's just Shiana LaJean, which is my first. And I'll put a link to 
to her page so you guys can find her easily. She's fantastic to follow. I love her stories so much. Oh, and I'm super excited for you on your RV trip, even though we're, you're, you're in your spot that you're at for the moment. It's like, just like you said a little bit ago, it's like all of this is happening for a reason and there's something in it for you, you know, like there's always something in it for you. That's why these things show up for us. I have to trust it. I trust actually in every moment that there's always something in it for me. So (laughs) thank you for having me again. This was so much fun. I always love talking to you. It never feels like the three hours that it was, but whatever. love when I have those people in my life I don't have a lot of people in my life where I can talk like this and I can probably just go on forever so I love getting it out and yeah I love receiving it and being here with you and freestyling with you it's so good girl always all right Miss Gianna love you so much love you too i'm gonna actually do the same i'm gonna probably eat some raw food because i'm in an rv right now and it'd be really easy for me there you go girl all right enjoy your slonkers (laughs) i'll talk to you soon all right bye bye